All right, welcome, Kyle. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you, man. All right, so let's just get right into it. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, who you help. So my background, I suppose. I'll give you what I'll do is I'll give you a full overview of my journey, my story, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, let's do it. got into fitness when I was 18 years old. Um, the, the standard stuff, hated the way I looked was very self-conscious about my skinny arms, was skinny fat as well, like the standard stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got into the gym at 18. I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for a gym, get this done, and uh, and see what I can do with my physique. Ended up being in a position right where you're 18, you know, you're going out every weekend, you're never really consistent. You don't, like, know what you're doing in the gym. I remember the first time I went into the gym, I was lifting, like, eight kilos on a chest press, and they were just, like, shaking <laughs> the whole way up. Yeah. And... Um, and yeah, that was like the start of my journey. And for four years, I literally made no progress at all with everything that I was doing. So I'm talking physique, progress in the gym, like the way that I felt, everything was still the exact same as when I first started. And then um, I remember I went traveling and I was in America one time. And um, one of the guys went to me, he was like, oh, you should get into the gym. And it was like <laughs> no, a massive that's kick, a violation. A, a massive yeah. kick yeah, in the nuts yeah, because yeah, I was like, yeah. I am in the gym. Yeah, like yeah. I've literally been going to the gym for the last four years. Yeah. And I didn't say that to him at the time. Um, but that was like one of the moments I remember. I was like, right, something needs to change here because I'm hating the way that I look. I feel uncomfortable next to all of these guys that are absolutely jacked, mm. right? You know, and I want to change something. So got back home, started training again, and then never really took it anywhere same sort of thing um went over to, to live in australia actually which is what we, we were speaking about earlier and um got myself into a bad relationship when i came back home that's when the the, the flip switched and i was like right i'm feeling shit myself like I, I hate the way that i look i feel very self-conscious like i feel uncomfortable next to all of my friends so I'm going to do something about this now. Got into the gym, like, and I was like, right, I'm going to train seven days a week. Of course, I'm yeah. going to go all out. I'm going to train seven days a week, twice twice a day on the weekend. So Sounds so familiar, yeah. hey? <laughs> so it was like yeah. nine de- nine sessions a week. Yeah. I was like, right, this is going to see progress. And um, at the time, I was literally eating chicken, broccoli, rice, five times a day, loading it up with olive oil, no sauce, no salt, because that's what I was, I was told was right. Lifting heavy-ass weights in the gym, thinking that was the right thing to do. Six months in, like I've made some progress, right? But it got to a position where I herniated a disc in my back. And and I was like, okay, cool. Something's got to change again. Then um, I basically pulled back the amount of sessions I was doing to five instead of seven. Started to see a bit more progress. Um, And then it actually, I think it was about a year into being back home. I got myself my own coach which was really awesome, right? So I started learning from him, started progressing. He actually dropped my days down to four. I started seeing some really good progress with my physique. But in between that period and and something that I sort of missed out on as well is I was speaking to a PT in the gym and he was like, if you're not gaining a kilo every single week, you're doing something wrong. So my my physique literally went from 72 kilos, which was the starting point, up to 91 kilos in the space of about six months. Wow. And granted, I looked better, but at the same time, I was still fat. I was still, I still didn't feel any more confident than I did at the start. But like from a mental perspective, I was in a much better position. Um, and then we went into to lockdown and it was like, yeah. right, okay, cool. What are we doing now? Press pause. Um, yeah. So it's like press pause. I, I remember doing like some, finding some dumb, the, the house was renting. They actually had some dumbbells in there, which was quite handy. But I remember just doing it on like a, 
you know those garden benches, which like they're not the garden benches, like a garden chair, the green ones, which like, like a sunbed, yeah, yeah, almost, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember just like tipping back on it loads of times for that. So it was an absolute disaster. But we got back into the gym after that, and um, that's that's literally where everything took hold because mm. um, I'd spent like a good few years studying as a personal trainer, working as a per- not working as a personal trainer, but like in and around the situation of having a coach learning from those, learning from people in the industry. And um, when I got back from COVID, I actually, uh, I, I was using Chris Bumstead's app. And oh, yeah. wow. do, do you okay, know yeah. what, right? This, yeah. this, um, this is something I speak about as well. It's like, uh, the apps are great, right? Because they give you some structure and accountability, but at the same time, they have no idea about you. They have no idea about your physique. They have no idea about your lifestyle. So I was training the same volume as someone who's on a shed loads of steroids, right? Mm. Same thing happened again, herniated a disc in my back. And I was out of action for a good like four months going through physio and stuff like that. Um, So what I thought was going to be, right, lockdown's done, let's move into this. Turned out being a few months of injuries. Um, And then what happened after that? Got myself another coach, started really progressing with my physique, started lowering the, the weights that I was using, started yeah. actually lifting with good intent, started making meals which were actually nice and and had sauces in and all of that good stuff yeah. and made shed loads of progress with my physique. So my journey in a nutshell was basically four years of seeing absolutely no progress and getting pissed on the weekends and thinking that I needed to train seven days a week, um, avoiding social events towards the latter end of that and just focusing on getting chicken, broccoli and rice in it to the other end of the spectrum where the last four years we've actually been in it more balance, I would say, going out for social events, going um, out on the weekends, like having more time for both of those. And that's when the, the, the bulk of my progress has been basically. So I suppose that's like my journey in yeah, in fitness. It's, uh, it's very interesting because... Um, as, as you'll hear when I go through mine, you know, it's yeah. probably no bits and pieces, but um, we've had very different journeys, but very, very similar ones too. Yeah. You know, like, um, so so for me, I, I my fitness journey started back when I was probably also eight or nine years ago when I was 14, 15, um, and I was just overweight. I, w- I wasn't, like, I wasn't obese, okay, but I was one of the bigger kids in my year at school. You know, I was a tall, I was tall as well, so I, like, Stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Um, one of the only brown kids in the year as well, you know? So it's like really standing out, going away from the crowd. Um, and I was so sick of it, you know, being being the, the last one picked or, you know, like just having that that aura around you, yeah? So I was like, all right, I've got to do something. So then um, in the summer, I started doing these, um, I did these Facebook video, like home ab workouts, like, you know, the little circuits where you yeah. go along, you follow along. It was this, this Jordan Yale guy. Um, yeah. And oh, I think I lost around 10 kilos that summer. Okay? That's unreal. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, so like little 15 year old me in his, in my bedroom doing my little home workouts, my little sit ups and push ups and whatnot. Bro. It was so funny looking back on it now, but that's what, that's basically what got me started, you know? Yeah. Um, so I did that. I lost loads of weight and then oh, I say loads, I lost 10 kilos over summer and, at, at 15, 16, you know, when I'm at 15, I weigh the same weight as what I do now. Yeah, but I've never been in a gym, never touched Crazy. a weight. Yeah, so um, having to, having lost 10 kilos of body fat in that time, went back to school and 
things were different now. You know, I was getting attention from girls. You know, I was uh, commanding a bit more respect from people just because I was taking up, look, uh, taking care of myself. You know, and that's kind of what fueled. Right, this was yeah. great. What I did at home. Now I want to get in a gym. You know, the rule was you have to be sixteen to get to go to a gym without a parent. So, I remember the day of my sixteenth birthday. Um, First thing was, Dad, let's go gym. Sign me up. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and ever since then, I've just been a little gym rat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I started very similar to you. You know, I was training six times a week. I was doing a body part each day. Um, I was still like skinny fat. You know, I was in a t-shirt. I looked slim, but if I took my shirt off, I had a gut. Um, it's the worst feeling, right? Like, yeah. It's knowing that you you've still carrying fat, but. You're also skinny at the same time. So yeah, it's like and, it, and, it, and it, it, it has your head spinning because you don't know which way to go. You're like, I want to grow my arms, but I also want to shrink my belly. So it's like, which 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 way do I go? And I was kind of stuck in that, which way do I go for maybe like three or four years? You know, I'd lose a bit of weight and then I'd be like, I'm looking too small. So then I'd start to eat a bit more food to gain muscle. And then I'd be like, oh, my belly's come back. I'd go back and forth and back and forth. And I'd do that for so long. Um, so while I was gradually building muscle bit by bit, I was not really making any progress on the fat loss. Um, then I got to year 12 at school. I just was, I was going about to do my exams and I was looking at doing PT on the side while I was at uni, um, just to make some extra money. You know, I really enjoyed the gym. Why not? You know, so I did my PT course, um, yeah. during the, the holidays between year 12 and uni. And then the day before I finished my course, I got offered a job in a gym, started working there, started uni, um, was always busy working, um, as a PT and then uni and trying to train and everything, you know, it, it was just an absolute nightmare. Um, but anyway, as I was going through uni, I started to look more and more to online coaching. I'm like, all right, I want to do, I wanted to do medicine. I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Yeah. So lots of studying involved. I was like, all right, I'm not going to have time to train clients on the gym floor. So I looked at online coaching and I started that with six months left of my degree. And then it got to the end of my degree and I was like, I'm so done with studying. <laughs> hey, like I'm so done with it. So I stopped. I said, I'll give it a year, see how it goes. You know, if it goes well, I'll keep doing it. If it doesn't, I'll just go back and go back to uni. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal either way. Um, so, yeah, here we are two years later. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the best way to describe it, and I'm almost certain you can resonate to this as well, but the feeling that, you know, you don't really know what you need to do, right? Like, th this is the thing. You, you're in a position where I was anyway, where I felt so uncomfortable next to my friends who, for some reason, found it 10 times easier to build yeah. muscle than I did. They always had the girls after them when we was on holidays and stuff like that. You, It doesn't cause an issue, but you almost, like, I would never say I was unhappy in those situations, but you've always got something in the back of your mind where you're like, I really hate the way that I look and I feel uncomfortable and why are they always yeah. getting X, and then, Y, and then, and then you also feel like um, it's that feeling of it's one rule for, for them and a different rule for you. You know, like if yeah. they want to have a, um, if they want to have a chocolate bar after school, that's calm yeah. because they're skinny and they're, they, you know, they've got the, the little like 14 um, year old six pack, you know, but yeah. if you want to do it, it's because you're a fatty. Do you know the, what I mean? This <laughs> is the thing that I could never understand, yeah. right? It's like, how is my friend over there having 10 beers and he's still absolutely shredded? Yeah. It's like, I'm following the exact same lifestyle as him being yeah. told that, hey, you need to get yourself back in the gym and nothing's actually happening with my physique. And I think from a confidence perspective, it does knock you for sick because six, because like, I remember stepping into the gym, like very similar to you, skinny fat. You're like, right, what do I actually do here? Yeah. How, so, I, so, so like, the way, yeah, the way I got around that was I was just rinsing the internet. 
Like yeah. I would read bodybuilding.com. I followed um, so many like influencers I don't want to name because they irritate me so much. Did, did you ever do any of the V shreds like abs workouts? I've done all of them. Uh, I've done all of them. So so after I lost that initial 10 kilos, um, I was a bit like, all right, this dieting thing, it works. Yeah, let's let's start proper dieting, you know? So I went, um, I went soup diet. I went yeah. keto. I went intermittent fasting, fasted cardio. I've done, um, I've tried to do carnival diet. You know, I've, I've, I've tried to do everything. Yeah. And, <laughs> and none of it works. <laughs> What's the one thing that's actually worked for you? Would you say? Because obviously, like, as, as someone looking from the outside, you do think that there's this, like, magical solution to everything, right? You think yeah. that this diet's going to help, or if I do X, Y, and Z, if I go to the gym seven days a week, I'm going to be absolutely jacked. So what's worked for you? Um, like, do you, want the, do you want the answer that you can actually apply, or do you want the answer that's going to make you think a little bit? <laughs> Give us both. Okay, so, like, practically, going to the gym regularly, as, as often as you can consistently yeah yeah first and foremost secondly is st increasing your steps so look at how many steps you're doing increase it by 20 percent see how you go on okay and the third thing is keeping a comprehensive food diary okay yeah. if you do those three things you're not really changing much about your eating habits you're not really going out of your effort out of the way too much to make too much effort and you're going to see some results to start with and then then you're going to be motivated to, 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 to do even more um but before you do any of that you you have to um realize that there's no set rules of what what will work and what won't work you know anything that tells you this is the way is not the way yeah, yeah. um and it's about drawing pieces of information from different like the ways you know like if you find f for example keto okay so keto isn't something that i promote to my clients it's i don't find it sustainable okay but if you are sitting at your desk all day and you're very sedentary throughout the day and you're eating more fats and proteins throughout your day, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You yeah. know, I think if you time your carbs around your activity, I think that's quite a good thing to be doing, you know, but a lot of people don't need to be doing that. You can get away with doing a lot less and get more output. Okay. Same with fasting. Like I don't, I don't eat breakfast, but I don't do it because I'm an intermittent faster. I do it because I'm not hungry in the morning. Yeah. yeah? Like it works well for me because I'm not hungry in the morning. I can have my calories in a short period of time but it's not like it hits one o'clock and I need to eat there and there. It's just, I eat when I'm hungry. So it's taking bits from different diets and learning and, and figuring out how you can apply that to your specific and unique situation. That's, that's what works best. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the key thing is as well. And one thing that I definitely underestimated was the basics. Yeah. The basics will get you so far in this industry, right? Like, the, the actual progress that I made was just reverting back to the basics. It was getting myself into the gym consistently. It was eating high protein like diet. It was managing what I'm doing around the gym sessions. Yeah. And it was ultimately having a life which I actually enjoyed, which wasn't one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum. Because if we're going back to when I was 18, I was out two, three times a week trying to get results. And if we go back to the first four years of my training as well, it was like, right, I'm going to train seven days a week. So having something which you can actually stick to consistently, which is what you touched on as well, yeah, that's going to elicit far better results than a keto diet, than a paleo diet, than an Atkins exactly, diet, yeah. than what works for Chris Bumstead or like yeah. whoever whoever it is. And, and like you say, it's about touching on elements that happen within each of these and, yeah. and work for you. I mean, I, I got a question from someone the other day, which was like, why are you intermittent fasting whilst you're doing the, the photo shoot prep? Now, 
their expectations were that I was intermittent fasting because it elicits a better fat loss response. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, if it does, then it's like one percent, like not yeah, point yeah, one percent, exactly right? right? So the, the reason I'm doing this is because I can manage my hunger ten times better in the morning, and I feel if I get up, I have my supplements, I go straight to the gym, I do my cardio, I come home, and then I have my first meal. Yeah, and it's like okay, cool, that works for me. Yeah. and then what I've started doing recently because. I mean, I used to have like carbs with every single meal and I still will once this photo shoot's done, like guaranteed I'm going to be having carbs with every meal. But one thing that I was like recently is go, I'm going to try and have a high fat, high protein breakfast. See, see how I find it, like see yeah. how that works for me. And it's working really well. Yeah. I find that curves my satiation, but it's not because it elicits some amazing response. Yeah, it's not because ke it's not because keto is has does some magical effect to your hormones that drops your insulin and you start absorbing fat or whatever the whatever the fuck you think's going on and it's the same with not intermittent fasting you know it's not going to boost your it's not going to 3x your testosterone yeah. things like that it's it's just ways of managing the calorie outputs you need to or the calorie inputs you need exactly. to be adhering to and that that's all dieting is yeah it's and it's, it's it's what works for you yeah like there's there's no set way there's no set rule yeah like obviously we worked with very different markets right you've got loads of clients like i've worked with loads of guys as well and what works for one person is definitely not going to work for another person. Like yeah, what exactly I'm doing right. right now will not work for my next door neighbor or the other guy at the gym. What works for my client, Luke, who's dropped 40 kilos and he loves going keto. Yeah. That might not work for another client yeah, that's exactly in an office right. job, yeah, right? Like, like yeah. you've got to find a solution that fits your lifestyle and what you can actually stick to. And I think it comes back down to the crooks of it of, Go into the basics and, yeah. and just find him what works for you. Exactly. Yeah, and and uh, and a lot of it is not even like you're on this quest to find what you, a healthy you looks like. It's just like looking at what what do you, what do you already do, and what compromises can you make? Yeah? yeah. What compromises? Not even what compromises can you make, but what compromises are you willing to make? Yeah? yeah. Like what you can do and what you're willing to do are two very different things. You know, like like I I can go on a super aggressive diet, but am I willing to? No, yeah. <laughs> that, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, that, and that's that's often what people get confused by. They say, yeah, I can go to the gym five times a week. All right, cool, but like, you're not willing to do that because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be where you're at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the same with results as well, right? Like, yeah. I've I've been on calls with people who are like, hey, I want to achieve the same results as this guy here who's absolutely shredded. I'm like, <laughs> are you yeah. actually willing to do the work yeah. that it requires yeah. you yeah. to get that shredded? Because yeah. what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to push yourself to limits that you don't want to go to. So do you actually want to train four to five times a week? Do you want to do five to seven times cardio a week? Do you want to restrict your calories and not go out for social events to get that result? Yeah, yeah no. Because um, most people don't want that. And that's the thing. Yeah. They, they don't realize that... They, I say this all the time to all of my clients and I say it to the people that aren't clients on Instagram hundreds of times. Um, your physique is a manifestation of your lifestyle. Yeah? yeah. So if, like you said, when you were going out partying, drinking bottles of rum in a night, you know, you and I <laughs> yeah. both, we were talking about it before. Croatia. Your, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, um, your physique is going to reflect that. Okay. Absolutely. And there's nothing you can do to change that other than changing your lifestyle around it. Yeah. Now, for, like my coach is the polar opposite to your coach yeah okay so for a bit of reference um my coach sam is 
the barbells and beers coach. His whole thing is you can get in shape without giving up the beers and, and burgers and the food you like. Whereas, Carl, do you want to say about your coach here? Yeah, so my coach, Nathan, uh, he's actually into the South Asian market as well, but his knowledge is like second to like You know Nathan as well, yeah, and he's yeah. been in the industry for like 15 years, and his background is all about getting guys absolutely shredded, right? So I said to him, hey, I want to put myself in a position which I've never been in before. I want to take you, like, I want you to take me to depths that I've never been to so I can get a result that I want. Now, I'm going to caveat this by saying the work that I've got to do to get that is intense yeah it, it requires like i've not had a meal out in two and a half months and i'm i've got another six weeks left of prep i've not had a beer like a, a drop of alcohol in the last two and a half months Jesus right christ but yeah I, the, the, what i'm doing right now isn't sustainable long term and we spoke about this earlier yeah as soon as this prep's done it's like a tick off the list right yeah. I, i've done that now and now i'm going to live a sustainable life which i want to live i'm gonna i'm not gonna get fat do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, that first week after prep, I'm probably going to be a little bit like, you know, let's go out and enjoy. It's water waste. Yeah, water. <laughs> it's all water. Yeah, like, well, but once it's out of my system, it's like, okay, cool, let's get back to the grind again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think I digressed there a little bit. He's right. someone that will absolutely push you to the limits yeah. and take you to a point that you never thought you could get. Yeah. But it's almost like, I think, bodybuilding... The, the high end of bodybuilding, the high end of results is almost quite sadistic, right? Oh, like, 100%. Like, I, I, if you look at bodybuilders on stage and you think that's the epitome of health, seek help because it's yeah. not. It's probably the most unhealthy you can be in. Like, stage physique or those super low body fat percentages, that is not healthy. Like, fair play to you. I'm not, I'm not hating on bodybuilders. Yeah. yeah, you look fantastic. You could put more work in than I do hands down yeah but it's not healthy yeah no. and, and 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 like it's, it's an important it's a important we both touch on this now because we both have photo shoots pending yeah yeah you've got one what six weeks you said yeah six weeks is mine yeah yeah and mine's in 12 weeks okay so we both have photo shoots pending when it's at least for me it's not um staying in that shape year round is nowhere near the top of my priority list no this is the thing and like i'm i'm doing this for a set goal I'm yeah, going exactly to same, get yeah. shredded for my photo shoot because I've never been there before. Yeah. I want to know what it's like to get there. I want to achieve that off my list. But as soon as that photo shoot's done, I'm going to enjoy life again. Yeah. And that's the most important thing because we we have this perception of health as someone who's diced on the beach, right? But you ask 90% of people who have abs are the ones that are genetically gifted gods. Like I, I speak to people like the Greeks, for example, and yeah. the Cypriots, like they're just genetically gifted people. Whereas like me and you who come from a skinny fat background, it's like, it's yeah. very difficult. It yeah. takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember the point I was getting to there, but basically you, the, the idea of health is you, you have this image in your head, but I think my idea of health is living a lifestyle, which you love, including the gym in that lifestyle and having balance outside of that as well. And when I say balance, it's not about being one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum. It's about enjoying meals out when you want one. It's about having a few drinks with your pals if you want them. It's about going on your holidays and not avoiding the all-inclusive buffet because you think it's going to make you fat. It's about... I think maintenance, like that, I like the maintenance in an element where you. I think I think maintenance can get misconstrued as like a bodybuilding term, yeah. Yeah, but, but I understand what you mean. You, 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 it, it's it's control. Yeah, yeah, basically, it's control. Yeah, it's like you can have the the indulgent foods, but you're in control to say, look, if I'm gonna have that, the slacks either got to come somewhere else, or I just got to throw my hands up and say, 
that was yeah. something that is just a treat, you know, and that's okay. If you step, if you want to, if you want to look photo shoot ready, though, it's probably not okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? But if you just want to live your life healthily and st- live an active, healthy life, that is okay. And people don't understand that. They think they have to. They have to have either six donuts or zero. You know, yeah. having one donut is often not an option for people. Yeah. And and you know that's having control over that. You know, zero to six is what will allow you to enjoy your life while still staying fit and healthy. And I think the people that are trying to see results, the guys that are trying to drop body fat, I know you work with quite a lot of female clients as well, and it's probably the same for those as well, is that those people generally think that restriction will create the results that they want. However, restriction creates results that you don't want because in three weeks' time, that is when it comes down to the fact that you're going to open a box of donuts and you're going to have six or your missus is going to tell you to go out for dinner and you're going to just absolutely implode the whole menu. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's What did they say? It's, it's re- restriction leads to rebellion. Yeah, yeah and, and that's where this yo-yo mentality comes from. Exactly. Because right. you're you're going so far to the opposite end of the spectrum that you can't sustain that long term that you come back down to the other end of the spectrum that when an event does happen, you go all out within that event and it just leads you back to square one again. What did you tell me before this morning? It, it was um, take two steps back to take five steps forward. Yeah, yeah. so th- this is something that I tell all of my clients. It's like, right, there's going to be situations where progress doesn't happen. Progress isn't linear over, across a 52-week period, right? There's going to be times where you have to take a step back to push five steps forward. And that's perfectly okay. Like, if you're going on holiday... I've had clients be like, hey, I want to diet on holiday. I'm like, please do not diet. <laughs> like, exactly. go out and enjoy so, your holiday, yeah. right? You're going away for two weeks. Yeah. As long as you're not having seven plates of food for breakfast, lunch, dinner, plus the whole all-inclusive cocktail menu. As long as you don't live in the buffet, you'll be okay. You'll be absolutely <laughs> fine, right? Like, the, the key thing is, are you getting a decent amount of steps in while you wait? The answer is probably yeah, because you're exploring the city. Most you're people d- get more steps when they're away than they do yeah, when they're at home. It, exactly. Yeah? So I'm like, as long as you're doing that element... Yeah. The likelihood is you'll probably come back a kilo or two heavier, but your motivation is going to be so high. You're going to be feeling so refreshed from that holiday that you're going to want to drive forward. But even like away from calories and and macros and that, I've had clients go away on holidays, not track food and come back lighter. I actually had this the other day. And it's like the, the, the release of being away from work, being away from the daily gripe. Yeah. Being away from, like especially if you if you've had them tracking calories or keeping c- count of their their nutrition you know saying don't worry about it just be mindful yeah often that alone just they wake up liar yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you it, it's real it's real two steps back five steps forward is it's, yeah. it's a big thing and yeah. even if you are coming back a kilo or two heavier right the the likelihood is you'll be able to shift that weight within 5 to 7 days anyway because a lot of it's going to be water retention because there is a lot of foods that you're having which aren't necessarily like quote-unquote healthy foods, so there's going to be an effect in the body, right? But the chances are you've not gained three kilos of body fat unless you have actually gone all out. I think you'd have to eat, like the average person would have to eat over a week. Over one week, the average person would have to eat, I think, an extra three days worth of calories. Yeah. To, to, to gain one kilo of fat. So you have to eat 10 days worth of food in seven days to gain a kilo of fat. And if you, yeah. like, there's an, it's just not feasible most of the time. And then you balance in the fact, right, that even if you are having two to three plates of food per meal, which I know I do when I go to an all inclusive place, you're getting more steps in, you're swimming most of the day, you're in the beach. Like, there's stuff that you're doing which is almost not counterbalancing it, but the actual 
effects of what you're having aren't as bad as the, what you're going to think they are. And from, like I say, from a mental perspective, you're in the best position because you're going to come back and you're want to you're going to want to absolutely drive forward towards that. And for myself, like I, so last year I went to I went to Greece and uh, I came back. I think it was like two kilos heavier. Within two days, I was 0.5 kilos lighter than when I left. Yeah. It's like just from having that break and yeah. I didn't restrict myself while I was out there. At the same time, I wasn't an absolute idiot. Like I could have had <laughs> loads more food. I remember like... But it's the booze It's the booze that will get you. Yeah, yeah that, most that's people, the one. Most people, it's, it's the alcohol, you know, and it's being on holiday and, you know, one beer turns into six or seven, you know, yeah. and that happens like if you do that every night over the course of a week, you know... Don't be surprised if you come back heavier. Yeah. Okay. So it's this. Yeah. I think the key thing is right with all of this is having an acceptance of the choices that you make. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you need to accept your decisions and the consequences of those decisions as well. Big if time. you want to go out and have an all-inclusive buffet and go all out, by all means, go and do that. But don't expect fat loss the next day. At the same time, if you want to see fat loss and you've got a plan in place to to go around that, and you deviate away from that accept the consequences of your decisions this is what it comes down to there's nothing wrong with going all out there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it as long as you accept that for that split like second decision these are going to be the actions of what have happened yeah and and it's also like, like when in doubt zoom out yeah like yeah you've gone over you've got a plan to lose weight and you've you, you've not stuck to your plan today so what? Yeah. Like, so what? Like, you're going to wake up tomorrow, you're still going to be all right. You know, it's like, it, it's not that big a deal because whatever damage you did today can easily be undone tomorrow. Yeah. Just by going back to normal, not even doing anything extra and above. You just keep going back to plan. When in doubt, you just reset back to plan, back to plan, back to plan. You reset enough times, you're going to stop falling off as often. Yeah? yeah. It's just about reducing that time because I often find once, once you mess up on your plan and you, you know, you, you, you're sticking to your plan and then you get a text, let's go out for some drinks and you go out, you know, and then it's only meant to be one or two drinks, but it turns out to a few, you know, then it's like, all right, I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, but it's not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can, you can compromise and you can have, all right, I'm going to go, but I'll have two beers and then, you know, I'm going to drive so that I, you know, I, I certainly can't have too much drink because I'm driving home. Yeah. You know, it's just like putting barriers in place to stop you from going crazy makes, goes a long way. Absolutely. And, um, I think like having that mentality is so important in the long-term journey as well. Uh, the the big problem that I see across the industry, um, well, not even the industry, the, the big issue that I find with most people is that when they do have that slip up, that slip up then turns into three, four, five, six, seven days. Yeah. And that's the issue. Yeah, that's that, that was my point. Yeah, yeah like yeah. It, it's not the actual singular event. It's the not getting back on track, which causes the deviation a lot long-term. And um, if you were just to go, do you know what, right, I fucked up today. Like I've done what I didn't want to do. I've accepted that I've made those decisions, but tomorrow I'm straight back on plan. Yeah. You'll find that the, there's not really a byproduct of what you've done. There's like a small setback, which again, it leads back to what we was talking about earlier. One step back for five steps forward. Yeah. And, and, but, and it's also like, it, it's a law of averages. Okay. So right. Today didn't go to plan. But how did the week go? Okay. Your week didn't go to plan for whatever reason. Yeah. How's your month going? Okay. Yeah. Now, if you've had a bad month, something probably massive is going on in your life and, you know, 
you probably shouldn't be focused on fat loss at the moment anyway because something crazy yeah, is going on. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you if you if you can actually have a whole thirty days of not following and not hitting your targets for external circumstances other than you not just you just not pulling your weight. Mm-hmm. Pardon the pun. <laughs> but um, yeah. Like sometimes, uh, yeah. Sometimes there are other more important things to focus on. So like I've I've got clients and personally, you know, doing four years of uni studying. Like when I did year, year eleven and twelve, I studied heaps and heaps for it. And when it's when my clients have exam times, like I've got a few clients at uni. Yeah, when they have exam times, I'm like, all right, cool, relax. Yeah, train once or twice. Try and go for walks if you can, and you know, be my, eat, eat the way you have been eating up until now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but focus on what's most important for these next two weeks, and that is not what comes off the scales. That is not what PBs you hit in the gym. Yeah. It's you getting your exams done properly and, and it's having that ability to, to like pull back and then push on, you know, pull back and then push on. That's what's going to sustain it over a lifetime, not just being on the whole time. A lot yeah. of people, like you, I think you mentioned before, they're either on or off with health and fitness. I'm either on a diet or I'm off a diet. You know, I'm either on a program or off a program, but it's like, all right, but then expect your results to be sequential and, and, and cyclical, just like that as well. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the key thing to remember is that fat loss you shouldn't be focusing on fat loss all year round. There's going to be times where it ebbs and flows. Like I was moving house at the beginning of this year. And if I was focused on fat loss, then it would be absolutely pointless. So you need to change the script. You need to go into maintenance. You need to manage things a little bit better and you need to prioritize what's right in that time. Because again, like you'll come back and you haven't got this yo-yo mentality then because you're actually sometimes maintenance in itself. And I'm talking about maintenance in the sense of body weight staying the same when your focus is fat loss. Sometimes that's a win because if you're moving house, if you've got injuries, if you've, you're ill, like fat loss isn't going to be a priority at that point. And you manage things outside of that. When you do eventually get to back, back to fat loss, whether that's two weeks, whether that's four weeks, you're going to be the same as where you left off, which is still five to 10 kilos lighter than when you started. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've, I've literally had that exact experience with clients before. Like they've, they've had a week where they've not been able to go to the gym. You know, maybe they've been working late or like I've said, exams and that, you know, um, but they've not gained any weight and they're not lost any weight. Okay. And, you know, that week's turned into two weeks because they've, you know, celebrating exams are done yeah. or, you know, birthdays come up, whatever, you know, and, and they still haven't lost any weight, but they still haven't gained any weight either. And I, then, then they're like, oh, I'm a bit concerned I've not lost any weight recently. And I say, well, look, all right, look at what you've been doing the last two weeks. You know, we've not actually been hitting the targets we need to hit to lose weight. And that's not the point of what I'm trying to say. That's fine. But you haven't gained any weight. Okay. Yep. Six months ago, if you had two weeks like this, probably would have gained a bit of weight. Yeah. This is it. Whereas now you're maintaining this lower weight that is maybe five, 10 plus kilos less than where you were at before. It's, it's, a, it's a healthier set point for you. And it's such a good mindset to have as well because you tend to find that the people that have that on and off switch where, you know, it's like we're either on or we're either off. Mm. That's where you go like two months seeing very good results, six months seeing no progress. And then you go, fuck, it's January. I've got to do something about this. New year, new me, four months again. Yeah. Something comes up, same thing again. Summer comes around. Oh, I'm, I'm the same as I was last year. What do I need to do now? reset the button like if you just had the mindset to go okay cool let's just hold where we are for the moment and then push on again in in two yeah, three yeah, four, yeah. i'm moving house weeks. i'm moving house right, right now so give me two weeks you know i'm gonna be lifting boxes and you know moving around which on is my, heavy in itself it's on, low, like, on my feet and shit anyway so I'm, it's not like i'm gonna be sedentary i still know what i need to eat and what i should kind of stay away from it's calm relax yeah yeah back into it all right 
we move now. Start where we, we stopped, yeah? Yeah. It's that simple. Absolutely. What do you, what do you say to clients who, um, you know, because obviously clients that want fat loss, they want to see that scale moving down, yeah. right? They want to see the number moving down. And you, you obviously touched on the fact that, you know, okay, cool. Let's look at the actual outputs that you're doing. They're not the same as they were two weeks ago. So what do you say to a client whose motivation dips when that does happen? Because we've obviously got to coach them to go, do you know what? Like sitting the same is progress in itself compared to where you were six months ago because you would have gone backwards. Yeah, so if a client's, First of all, if a client's not getting the results that we both are after, yeah. So when we start, you know, we we both on, I make sure we're both on the same page of where we're going, where we're at, where we want to be, and and what we're going to do to get there, okay. And if they're not performing to that level, um, for my first port of call is right. What's going on? All right. What's stopping you from getting this done? Um, and it's it comes from a place of like, all right, let me try and help you solve this problem, yeah. So, f um, whether it's I'm too tired after work to go to the gym or I, um, the kids are an absolute nightmare at the moment. You know, they're not sleeping because one of them's teething or whatever it is. All right, cool. Once we get data on what's actually, what the actual issue is, then we can go about solving it. Because a lot of the time it, it isn't because you're just not trying hard enough. That's often what you feel like. You know, you often feel like I just got to try harder. But let me rephrase that, yeah. It, it's, you often think, all right, I need to try harder to eat my food right. Or I need to try harder to make it to the gym. Okay, but the trying harder isn't going to get you anywhere if there's other things around it that's blocking it okay and that's what i find a lot of the time like if, if some if a client's working with me um they're obviously paying good money to work with me so they clearly want to get the results of what they're after they're willing to put the work in because they put they put money down they got skin in the game so if they had it their way they would be doing what i want them to do anyway yeah i go into it with that mindset like they want to do what i'm telling them to do but there's something else stopping them, okay? And it's about finding out what that other thing is, going and solving it, okay? So whether it's um, whether it's time, it's it's often time. Time's often the biggest one, okay? So then that that's why that's why we have to find stuff that really does suit my client's lifestyle and my client's routine, yeah. because um, everyone has a different schedule, everyone has different needs and wants and dislikes. Some of my clients like to spend 90 minutes in the gym. Others don't even want to go to the gym, so they do home workouts, you know. So it, 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 it's it, like what we said at the top, it has to work. What's work it has to be what works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it, 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 I focus very little on, like, all right, how much are you lifting in the gym, you know? How, how many grams of protein did you have today, all right? Did you get your three meals in? No. All right, why not? I was really busy at work. All right, cool. Um, you didn't have time to cook or what? Yeah, I had to cook. And I was, all right, well, have you thought about making your meals beforehand you know practical little things like that we can do um like when you cook dinner cook four servings instead of one and put them in containers now you've done meal prep and it's not taking you any longer yeah you know it's little things like that that are what make move the needle not should i do a back and bias and chest and tri split or should i do a full body split like that doesn't yeah. matter because <laughs> yeah like do you know what i mean like that, that that's that's what moves the needle it's not the 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 split you do or the the, should I do 35% protein or 30% protein? Like, yeah, it might make a difference, but it's everything else that matters more. Yeah, I think guys often worry about the things that don't matter as opposed to the things that do matter, right? Like you're always, I remember being 18 and going, okay, cool. Well, yeah, what is the best workout split for me to do? How can I lift this weight better? Whereas if I actually took a, a step back and have gone, how can I actually make this easier for me? Mm. Like, how can I make my meals easier? And you spoke about it, meal prep, like... 
meal prep services? Um, can I make five meals out of this one meal? Yeah. Like, it, what can I do around that? Um, how can I manage this with my work life? Because I was working a busy corporate job. Like, I was in London five times a week working from that is like classes are nine till five, but I was leaving my house at half six in the morning and getting home at half seven in the evening. Disgusting. So it's like, okay, cool. How can I actually fit the gym around this? What do I need to do to make this work for me? Yeah. And that will get you further than looking at what split you're doing, than looking at what macronutrients that you're having throughout the day or yeah. like, you know, what what the next best quote Eating your apple is. cider vinegar. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> We've all yeah, been there. I remember just swigging apple cider vinegar in the morning because it was supposed to make my <laughs> my digestion better. But um, all that ended up happening was a bad bout of acid, acid reflux. reflux. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, is that what is that all recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, spot on. I was like, I was sitting there thinking in my head. I was like, is that recording? Or is it not? Imagine if it wasn't. No, oh, it, is, it says recording. I think we've got some good content there. It's only been an hour, not even an hour, 55 minutes. Yeah, I think that was like, we got some. That was really good, yeah. Like do you want to Do you want to get the um, the list of questions out? Yeah, so. Yeah. Right, should I just run through them one by one? I reckon you, yeah, you run through them and then conversation will happen. Cool. So, um, so I've got some questions prepared. Actually, let me start that again. So, got some questions prepared for you, Nian. Let's go. Right. First one. Now, just to put a bit of context on this, um, Gymshark 66 is basically the idea that if you stick to a habit for 66 days, it forms a routine. So what happens every single year? I think it's around January. Gymshark announced this event. You start like you put a post Is this, is this up. Gymshark like the clothing brand? Yeah, like okay. Gymshark okay. clothing brand. Yeah. Like you put a post up um, holding this banner and it says like day one of 66, <laughs> right? So everyone's striving towards this 66 day target. Yeah. Now, the issue I have with that is you hit that 66 days, what's next? This is where, so there's a lot of research done behind, right? Why? The, so the reason they've done 66 days is because it takes 66 days to form a new routine and habit, which is fine, right? So the idea is that if you do this, then you're, this is gonna be part of your routine. However, the issue I have with it, is, and what I see is a lot of people do the 66 days, but they don't know what's next, so they stop after the 66 days. So my question to you is, What's your thoughts on Gymshark 66 and any quick fixes for that matter? Okay, so that's that's a that's a big question for me. Let me let me let me go one by one. So the 66 days part, I don't necessarily have much of a problem with. Okay, I think if you can do anything every day for 66 days, you're probably going to keep doing it. Whether you do it forever is is besides the point, but you're going to keep doing it for a while. Okay, my issue with the 66 days and Again, I'm not, I've not seen this program. I don't know what they're asking you to do. But if they're asking you to do three or four different things, like, you know, go for a walk, go to the gym, drink two liters of water, you know, eat, cut out beer or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. If it starts to encroach upon, like, the day-to-day, and it, and it means for those 66 days, you're sacrificing things that you otherwise would do, or for those 66 days, you're, you know, all over the place because you need to make it to the gym after work, but um, you, it's not something you typically do and you're not, you're not really a fan of it, but you're just doing it for the sake of the 66 days, you're clearly setting yourself up to fail, yeah? Um, I think short, like, quick fixes on, on the whole um, will always have a place in the industry because yeah. people, like, just, we are all super impatient. Even the people who think you're, you're patient, you're not, we're all impatient, yeah? Um, and 
the quick fix is it, it just taps into that part of the monkey brain where it's like, I want it and I want it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so they're always going to be there. And, and as a coach, there's, there's, there's no point going blue in the face saying, stop, you know, it's just not, it's no point. Yeah. It's just, you have to understand the, the risk to reward ratio. Yeah. If your goal is to have a quick fix for six weeks and look banging for your wedding and then you're perfectly happy to go back to where you were beforehand. You just want some nice photos on one day. Again, who am I to stop you? It's not the healthiest thing to do, but go for it. If you actually want to, if you actually like, who have underlying discomfort with who, who you are, how you look, the type of person you are, that is not going to help you. If anything, it's going to make you feel worse. Yeah. Because what you're going to do is you're going to do your 66 days because you hate the way you are so much. You're fueled by you're fueled by passion. Yeah, you're going to get to the end of it, and then you you are going to slowly but surely go back to where you were, and you're going to look at yourself in the mirror as a failure. Yeah, like I did it, but I I'm back to where I am, and now your whole mindset around it was shifted into like it's not even something you can't do, but it's something that you you can't stick to, and something that is just not meant for you. Yeah, and that's a very dangerous mindset to have. And um, it's a very limiting mindset. And like, if you follow me on social media, I'm all about your self-belief. Like you have to believe in yourself. That's like 90% of the battle. Um, but when you when you do these quick fixes and then you fail to sustain that result, you you feel like a failure and you feel like you, you're not worthy of that result mm -hmm. because you've done what you need to do and it's not worked. But the truth is you were reading from a flawed plan anyway. Yeah. yeah, so of course it didn't work. It's it's not meant to work. Yeah. yeah, like it's meant to work for the 66 days. It's not meant to work for the next 66 months, you know? Like that's, and that just goes back to people thinking more critically about what are they doing and what is the effect of this? What's the purpose of this? Yeah. yeah. Anything that's a quick fix is not, the purpose is not to change your lifestyle. Anything that says get shredded in 12 weeks and six weeks, that's not to fix your lifestyle. That's to get you to a certain point and then what you do after that is, you know, is yeah. besides the point. And yeah. you're absolutely right. Like the 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 Gymshark 66 thing is good and bad. Like it has its negatives and it has its positives, right? Like the the positive to Gymshark 60, um, the positive to Gymshark 66 is that it creates the habit, the routine of what you're doing, right? The issue I have with it is it hasn't got that long term goal in mind. So yeah. you know, if your goal, like you say, is to just have this for the next 66 days, but for past that point, you are going to regress back to a point where you're unhappy, then you have to think about that long term reason. So for me, it's always about tapping into what is the actual journey for you? What do you want to achieve long term? And how are we actually going to sustain this for a long period of time? If you're creating a lifestyle now, quick fixes, like you say, have their place, but they're not forever. Like I've had a client, for example, come to me and he's like, hey, this is the long term goal for me, but I have a holiday in eight weeks that I want to get like drop as much body weight for. So what we do is we go, OK, cool. You want to drop as much body weight for this holiday in eight weeks. We're going to have to push you quite hard if we're if you're looking, let's say, to lose eight kilos over the next 10 weeks. We're going to have to push you quite hard to that goal. Right. But I said to him, look, this isn't going to be a long term thing. Just so you know, when you come back from your holiday again, take two steps backwards while you're away. When you come back, we're going to take a more slower, staggered approach because the 66 days itself creates the habit, the long-term reason behind why you're doing it and what you want to achieve, that sustains the habit. And that's the difference. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think um, uh, it, it, the exact same with clients. I've had clients who've said, I want to lose 
10 kilos in 10 weeks, I've got this holiday. And I'm like, all right, cool. Just so you know, I can more than help you get that to that goal. Number one though, losing 10 kilos in 10 weeks for a holiday, unless you're willing to come back and put the work in afterwards, I can't guarantee that 10 kilos are still gonna be gone in six yeah. months time, yeah? Um, so then, then, then you, you I, f I always find the best thing as a coach is that the client will tell you exactly what they want. Yeah, they'll tell you how they want. And you can, and then my job is to say, all right, this is what you need to do to get there. But if we do this, these are the pros, these are the cons. Mm -hmm. Do you still wanna do this? Or do you wanna do something slightly different with that's gonna that's gonna give you a higher chance of sustaining it because I'm all about you know like I love my clients to bits yeah love yeah. them to bits but I don't want to work with them forever you know yeah. there's yeah. this do you know what I mean there's light I'm at the, the end of the, there's light at the end of the tunnel you know once you've worked with me for a while I hope that you have learned enough to you're now in shape you've sustained that shape you've built it you've built it into your lifestyle and you can go and keep doing it yourself, you know? And I always understand it's always nicer having that extra accountability to keep pushing. Yeah. But the reality is most people aren't, most, sorry, most of my clients aren't gonna work with me forever. I know that I'm okay with that because it, that's essentially my job, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like get you to a point where you don't need a coach, where you can manage it mostly yourself. And this is what I say to all of my guys as well. It's like, I want you to get to a point where you've exceeded the results that you thought you could have achieved, right? Yeah. On our call, what do you want to achieve? Cool, let's try and beat that. Like you was, let's say you were 75 kilos last time and you had a two pack. Let's try and get a four pack. Let's try and get a six pack because then you've exceeded what you ever thought you could have achieved. But the long-term thing for me is like, okay, cool. Let's teach you how to maintain these results and progress by yourself. Because like you say, that is the most important thing for a coach like from my perspective anyway, is teaching you how you can live a life which you love while still seeing the results that you thought you could have never uh, achieved. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's my opinion on yeah. quick and, fixes. And it's it's less about you need to walk this this many steps, you need to go to the gym this many times, eat this many calories. It's 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 more about having the the, the, the idea there of like, all right, I'm, I'm, I am I'm a fit and healthy person, not I want to be a fit and healthy person, yeah. but I am a fit and healthy person. In this situation, what would a fit and healthy person do? Okay, would they take the stairs or take the elevator? All right, take the stairs. Yeah. It's small things like that. It's gonna keep you ticking over. Yeah, exactly. You need to, um, you need to take a vote for the person that you want to become. That's it, it's a, uh, James right. Clear, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's literally yeah. the one I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool, you wanna be a fit and healthy person, then what does a fit and healthy person do? Exactly right. And if you don't do those things, are you taking a vote for the person that you wanna become, yeah. or are you taking a v vote for the person that you are right now? Yeah. And it's about having that, like, having, again, having that acceptance of the results that you're gonna see. And you touched on it as well, like, I will push a client as hard as they wanna be pushed. If a client wants to get shredded in the next 10 weeks and they need to drop 10 kilos to do that, let's run towards it. But are you accepting to put in the work that you need to get that result? And also what's next for you? Yeah. Because, you know, you can achieve that for your holiday, but when you come back, will you be happy if you go back to the way that you are right now? And if you're not, then we need to put a plan around that as yeah, well. And it's professional pride as well, you know. You know, it, you don't exactly. want to have that client who you work with get a sick result, and then six exactly, months later, yeah. they're like, they've gained all the weight back because they've not been able to sustain it. You know, that's yeah. that that hurts my soul. You know, yeah. 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 And that, that's that's the issue that I have with personal training as well. Is like personal oh, training. Yeah. Personal training. <laughs> PTs have their place, right? Like you've been a PT yourself. Yeah. They have their place for new people in the gym, in my opinion. 
if you want, like if you don't know what you're doing in the gym and you need someone to be there to show you how to use the equipment, to run you through what the actual processes are, awesome. If you've been training for four, five, six months, even longer than that, you're literally paying for someone to be in the gym with you for a 30 minute period to count your reps have a conversation, then go home. And the reason that you don't see results within a PT session is because it's the seven days of accountability outside of that and it's not the not knowing what you need to get done, which is the issue. Like I remember I had, um, he's actually left the process now, which touches on what we want as, uh, as coaches is to guide you through a whole system which will allow you to keep your results forever. And I had a client that worked with a PT for five years and he came to me and he goes, hey, like my body weight's not changed for the last five years. I don't really know what I'm doing in the gym. Um, like this is the situation that I'm in. I was like, okay, cool. What, like, what do you want to achieve and what's been going on? He was like, I have no idea what I need to do outside of my 30 minute session with my <laughs> PT. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh. Right. This is what we're going to do. So from an online coaching perspective, it's like, right, let's just strip things back to basics. Yeah, yeah. You know what you need to do in the gym. You don't need someone there to count your reps. Yeah. Let's manage your nutrition. Let's teach you how to manage your nutrition. Let's manage social events. What are we going to do around building phases, fat loss phases, cutting phases, maintenance, holidays, all of these things. But more importantly, from an accountability perspective, they can see everything across a seven day period because it's yeah. okay turning up for someone at the gym but what you can't do is keep yourself accountable for the seven days that you're not with that person in the gym yeah like they're not going to keep you accountable if you're smacking back a pizza down your face and or if you haven't ticked off your steps that's up to you but if you've got a, a, a system which tells you hey you've got to do x y and z today and if you don't do x y and z you're going to get followed up on and also if you do things wrong which you might not necessarily think are wrong an online coach can pick that up Whereas a PT can't, do you know what I mean? Well, so yeah, like what well, I think, I think a lot of PTs get it get it twisted. Yeah, like it's not personal. I think PTs like a lot of obviously I was a PT. Yeah, and yeah, it's not like if you're a PT you're stupid, and if you're an online coach you're super smart. It's not like that at all. It's just the model of delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like a PT is limited in that they can only deliver what they can do in a gym. Okay, and everything they do on top of that is outside of PT. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, whereas an online coach is an all-encompassing uh, role. Yeah. So, so like like we've mentioned, we touched on before. You know, training, nutrition, habits, structure, lifestyle, alcohol, social, everything. You know, like it's all in, it, it encompasses your lifestyle. Whereas yeah. PT is going to focus on what are you doing in the gym. Most P PTs, the the um, how do I say the value for money as well. It, is stacked against PTs because they're paying for every minute you spend with them. Yeah. Gets expensive, you know? So, um, to have like, for example, most of my clients train three or four times a week, you know, for three or four PT sessions, hour long PT sessions, you're looking at around $450 per week, you know, yeah. every week. Okay. And that's only for four hours. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like, like you said, who's going to, who's going to tell you about your nutrition or your sleep or your habits or your steps or anything like that, you know? Mm. Um, and, and that's, I, th I think a lot of PTs get it twisted and, and they think like coaches will, will hate on PTs because of the PT, but like, don't get me wrong. There's terrible PTs just like there's terrible online coaches. Oh, yeah? absolutely. And, th and there's great PTs just like there's great online coaches. Yeah. yeah. But it's just my, my issue with personal training is the delivery method. 
yeah. the let's focus on 20% of the work, let's focus 100% of our attention on 20%, oh, sorry, let's focus 100% of our attention on what's um, contributing 20% to your result, okay, which is your training. Yeah, realistically, yeah. training is around 20% of your overall result. So that's my issue with, with PT. It's not the PTs themselves. Yeah, it's it's And this yeah. is what I was touching on as well, right? It's it's like PT isn't bad and it has its place. Yeah. But if you're someone that wants a long-term result and you want to understand how you can not only sustain it yourself but how, how you can also progress by yourself as well, you're not going to get with that with a PT because all you're learning within a PT session is what you need to do in the gym. And I've had clients before who have been like I don't even know why I'm doing what I'm doing in, in the gym. I've just been given a program by a PT. Whereas like the whole point of online coaching is to get, get to understand you as a person. Like mm. every new client that I work with, I want to get to understand them on a deeper level. Like results aside, because obviously those are important. Tell me about your work life. Tell me about your family life. Tell me about the, the social events that you, you enjoy going to. Tell me about what you want included alongside the results that you want to see, because then we can formulate a plan around that and we can help you as much as possible because we will give you everything that you need. I will do the dumb for you stuff. So you just have to execute and implement. Yeah. And that's the difference between personal training and online coaching is you're going into a PT session to pay for someone to stand there and guide you through the gym. Whereas with online coaching, you're paying for something which is going to allow you to progress further than you thought you ever could have whilst knowing what you need to do to sustain or progress by yourself. And that's so important. Like knowing how you can manage social events, knowing yeah. what you need to do to progress or regress your plan, knowing how you can manage injuries and life events and holidays and all of these elements. And I think accountability aside, it creates habits and routines which you know you can stick to because the coach, if they're a good one, would have got to know you as a person as opposed to just you and your results. Yeah, I think the, the best way I've, I've kind of summarized this in my head is that as a PT, you're selling your time. As an online coach, you're selling a result. Okay? Absolutely. So, yeah. like, as a PT, like, when I was, uh, like, I don't hide, I was a PT four years, you know. Very thankful for my four years as a PT. As a PT, you know, I charge you for a half-hour session or a one-hour session. Yeah. You know, maybe I'd give you a discount if you're getting two one-hour sessions, you know. But no one ever got more than two one-hour sessions a week, okay. Now, I don't know what else you're doing outside of that, but... You're paying for my time, okay? I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to give you the best session I possibly can. But once you, you know, do your cool down, you know, walk out the into the car park, you could go straight to the McDonald's drive through for all I know. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And like, yeah. then you come back next week and say, oh, I'm not, not losing any weight. Of course you're not losing weight, okay? It's because PT is not, you can't go to a PT for weight loss, okay? You can go to a PT for helping you become more confident in the gym, okay? Which then obviously might lead to weight loss because you're more confident in the gym, you're gonna go to the gym more, you know, it's a knock-on effect. You can go to a PT if you're uh, um, interested in performance, okay? And you wanna get that extra 1% on your bench press yeah. and you need your technique analyzed, yeah? That's when you go to a PT. If you wanna be fit, healthy, active lifestyle, you know, you just wanna take your shirt off in summer and not have to like stand with your arms folded like this, you know, then, you don't need a PT because a PT is only going to focus on 20% of what it takes to get you there. That other 80% more often than not is left unaddressed. Now I'm sure there are some PTs that do your in-person sessions and do all your macros and that, but I would say they're more hybrid coaches anyway. I wouldn't say they're traditional PTs. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the key thing is like, it, if we are talking about that, 
Like if we are talking about that result where you want to step onto the beach, you want to take your top off and you want to feel confident, you're not going to get that in a PT session. And it's because of everything that happens outside of that singular session. And like you say, it's not digging out PTs. It's not digging out the industry. It's saying the system's great for certain aspects. It's digging out some PTs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, but um, like I remember when I was doing my PT courses, I went into the room and I was like, surely some of these people are not qualified and they left the room with qualifications. And it, it's quite a worrying thing, right? Like you see a lot of PTs in the industry and it'll be the same with online coaches as well, who genuinely don't know what they're doing. And I remember I used to work as an electrician as well. And it was the same there. You could get qualified electricians in six weeks. Whereas I made sure that I not to like put me on a pedestal or anything because I'm like not on this pedestal. I've still got a lot of shit to learn. I've still, this is the reason that I've got to coach myself is because there's no, like obviously we're on a business mentorship together. We're on a coaching mentorship together. And the main reason for that is because we don't know everything and you want to learn. And if well, you, no one knows everything, it, exactly. if you claim to know everything, you don't know everything. Like. It, it, exactly. And, and this is the thing, right? So, but it took me a year to get my qualifications. yeah, I spent a whole year of study and personal training. I spent a whole year of working with a coach. I spent eight years learning myself before I stepped into this industry. It's crazy. Like you can't just step in and there are PTs and there are coaches who have just gone, hey, like I look good. I've got good genetics. I'm a coach now. And it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to say too much now. Yeah. Should, we, should, should we move on to the next question before you dig yourself out? Before with I any, get myself in trouble, with, yeah. With any time I won't get well. I won't be allowed back in Perth if I keep talking. Yeah. I mean, what what I'm quite interested in knowing, right? So, yeah. back to our our results because I think this is really important for like the long term discussion as well because. Like one of the things from my side, I've touched on it quite a few times in this, but I remember quite vividly being on a holiday in Croatia with, there was like four or five of my guy mates and I remember just standing next to them. I'd be the one with a t-shirt on as opposed to wearing a stringer. Yeah. I'd be the one that would be like, they, they, they would literally say to me, hey, you're going to take your top off and get in? I'm like, nah, I'm just going to keep my top on for the moment. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm the white kid that gets burnt. But in reality, I was like, I don't want to take my top off because my arms feel skinny. My stomach feels fat and I just genuinely feel uncomfortable standing next to you. Yeah. Yeah. because you look fucking amazing mm. and how can I achieve that so what would you say to any guys or girls for that matter right like what do you need to do in order to become confident with your physique like what would you focus on um so before I start it's important guys and girls as well yeah so um we're two blokes sitting here but yeah ladies Try it. We try our best. All right. We try our best. Okay. Just, just full transparency. I don't coach any females. Okay, I, right. I just coach guys. So okay. So you're off the hook. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I don't want to step outside of my uh, expertise <laughs> on this one, but okay. Nian, you fire away. Yeah. So, so for guys or for girls, um, how, how, what was your question to be more confident? Yeah. So if you, if you're, let's say you've got a holiday coming up in the next six months, yep. like you've been in a position where you felt uncomfortable on holiday. I've been in a Definitely. position where I felt un uncomfortable on holiday. So, how can you really change your physique because, and change that confidence as well? What would be like the three things that you would focus on in order to get the results that you want, which you know you couldn't get before, which you've got right now? Um, 
it's the same boring shit. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that, it, but it, I, I'll go a bit deeper though. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously the basics, you know, doing the basics consistently will get you the physique you're after. Okay. But then how do we stay consistent in doing the basics? You know, because like I said, it's boring shit. You're going to get bored. You're going to often find, Oh, well, I'm all right. You know, I'll be fine. Who, who really cares? You know, I want to go for a few beers anyway. Yeah. Um, but what you, what you have to understand is the confidence will come not based on how you look in the mirror, but the confidence will come when you yourself are aligned with the effort you're putting into it, okay? So you could, you could let's say you wanna lose 15 kilos, okay? You're at 100 kilos and you wanna weigh 85 kilos, okay? You start losing weight and you're, you start to put the effort in, you stay consistent and you keep moving forward. You get to, let's say 92 kilos, you're halfway there, but you know, I'm not going to get into muscle growth, fat loss, offset, all that yeah. X, Y, Z. My point is, though, you start moving forward. You start doing the things that the ideal you would do. Yeah. The you in your head that's fit and healthy and has the abs, you know, and, and the girls on either yeah. arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that you, you start doing what they would do. Yeah. And that's when the confidence starts, you know, like me, myself, when I was 16, I've wanted to have abs. Yeah. I still don't have abs. Okay. But. I'm more confident than most other blokes. Yeah? yeah. And it's not because, you know, I'm relying on external things. It's because I know I'm very, very comfortable with the effort I'm putting in to majority of the aspects of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To my own personal health. I'm doing quite well business. I'm doing quite well, you know, family, friends, everything like that. You know, like I'm happy with my output on all those fronts. That's what makes you confident. Yeah. It's not about when you get your six pack, you will be confident or when you get your bicep vein, that's going to like unlock some like bicep riz. You're going to talk to girls like yeah. that. It's nothing, you know, it, it's confidence is, is not like outcome orientated. It's process orientated. It's, 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 it's a byproduct of staying tr consistent and, and giving, giving your all and just being proud of your efforts. You know, if you're proud of your efforts, you're going to be confident. You know, if you're not proud of yourself, that's when you're not confident because you yourself know you ain't shit. You know, yeah. and like when you start to put in the work that you know you can and you're reaching levels where you're like, I probably can't even do much more now. You know, I'm, I'm really am giving it my all. Um, that's when you start to say you walk around like, yeah, I am giving it my all. And, you know, I am the shit, you yeah. know, like, yeah. I think it's also about putting yourself into those situations as well, which make you uncomfortable, which then breeds the confidence. Exactly right. So like if you know that you've been putting in all of the work, you know this is the best shape that you've ever been in. Okay, cool. It might not be the end goal for you, but you know you're going to step onto that beach feeling 10 times more confident than when you started the process or when you were last year. So it's about, like you say, having that, you know, I've, I've done fucking good here. I've put in the work. I might not be at that end goal, but do you know what? I'm here. I'm confident. I know what I've done. Yeah, and I tell my clients the physical, the physical changes are a byproduct of the habits. Mm. Yeah, just like your, um, just like your physique is a byproduct of your lifestyle. It's the same. It's the same thing. You know, like yeah. if your lifestyle reflects that of a confident person, you know, a confident person looks after themselves. They perform to a high level. You know, they eat good food. They're strong. You know, yeah. these are all traits of confident people. You're not going to find very many confident people who aren't strong. Who aren't in good shape, you know, you, you, it just doesn't happen. And that's not because there's some magic trick there. It's like, these are the people that are putting in work and are proud of their work, yeah? yeah? These are the people that can walk around with their head up and not hunched over, you know, trying to be trying to be not seen, yeah. you know? Because they're proud of what they do, you know? Yeah. 
and you know, I, I was never a confident person. Like anyone who knows me throughout high school, I was super timid and shy and I was not confident whatsoever. Okay. Um, public speaking. I remember, actually remember this so clearly, like once, um, I think it was year nine, I had to do like a little book report in front of the class. Um, and boy, was it the most nervous I've ever been. Like, to my the point where you're like sweating. Oh, like. palms were drenched. <laughs> I was like, my voice was shaking because I was so yeah. nervous. Um, whereas now, like, I can just get up and talk. And it's not because I've practiced public speaking, you know, because I haven't. It's because I've, I'm have i just confident in, in what I'm saying, what I'm doing, what I have done. I know I've done worse and I've I've come out of worse things better. So there's no reason I can't do that. And it goes back to what I said before, it's the belief in yourself, you know? Absolutely. Like you believe that it's possible, then it becomes possible. I mean, guys think that getting the shredded abs, getting the massive biceps, getting the big arms, guys think that that's gonna make them happy. But I can promise you right now, that will not make you happy. But being happy within yourself, like the confidence to know that you've done the work, that you've done what you said you was gonna do, Yeah. that's the happiness because I've had abs. And I can tell you something, I'm 10 times happier than when I don't have abs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. I don't have abs, yeah. I, I am happier because yeah. I'm eating more food, I'm going out, I'm enjoying myself. Confidence breeds that as well. So, I mean, the, the key thing for me is reverse engineering everything, right? It's like, okay, cool. You want to achieve abs. Why do you want to achieve abs? And as soon as you know that why then you can drive oh, towards it. Oh, the onion it. of why, hey? Yeah. Onions have layers. Ogres are like onions. Y yeah. Like, yeah. You, you can, you can, like, you can want to achieve something, yeah. but if you don't know the why behind it, you will never achieve that thing because you won't do the work on a sustained period of time. Oh, I, I have to, I slightly disagree. I think you can achieve it without knowing the why. I don't think it will fulfill you though. Yeah. 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 I see yeah? that point as because, well. Because like, if you say, I want to, like you, you come to me as a client, you say, Nian, I want to get abs because, um, you know, I just want to, um, I want to look good. I want to feel good. All right, cool. Everyone wants to look and feel good. Why do you want abs? Yeah. yeah. Then we get, we, if we, we go back, back and forth. Why? Okay. But why? But why? But why? The back and forth, back and forth. And we get to the, the, the core reason, you know, like you've been ignored by girls your whole life and you think getting abs will, you know, get more attention, you know, there we go. That's the issue there. All right. You crave some attention from from the opposite sex. What happens? So two questions for you on that. What happens when you get the abs and you then don't get the attention from the girls on holiday? What happens then? And also second thing to that, the reason I think a why is so important is because two weeks into the journey, when the boys are asking you to come out for 15 beers on a weekend and a kebab at the end of the night, your if your why is not strong enough, you will basically just go to that event. Of course. And... Um, then you'll wonder why that you haven't received the uh, achieved the results that you want. And um, it comes back down to that thing. So I think there is an element. I, I think we're agreeing on the same thing, just in a different sense. And I yeah. think it can go back down to the same thing on both of those, right? You can achieve the results, but I think it's also going to be a byproduct of what's going on externally. Yeah, like so the why, the why will make it easier for you to stay on track in the tough times, 100%. Yeah. yeah? But I can't deny, there are a few like determination merchants out there who don't really need a why and just head down and get it done, you know? Yeah. But they still feel shit afterwards, yeah? Because they're not addressing the the like in, intrinsic need for whatever yeah, they need. absolutely. You know, whatever the intrinsic want for whatever they need, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the, the, the three things that I would focus on in, and like you said as well is, don't neglect the basics. Yeah. Do the boring shit well. Be consistent with it. Yeah. 
Like those are three things that you can't underestimate. And outside of that, it's just like you say, understanding why you're doing this and why you want to achieve what you want to achieve. Because yeah. with those three things and your why in place, you will go as far as you want to go. And that why can change. You know, you can be in a position where you want to create a sustained lifestyle, where you want to understand how to manage social events on the weekend. And then eventually you might get a missus and you want to learn how you can oh, go out for dinner with yeah. her on the weekend yeah. and how you can manage that. And then you misses and, and you might break up. Hopefully you don't, but you, you might go for a breakup and you're like, fuck it. I want to have some, like some revenge here and get an absolutely insane body. Your why can change, but the three things of get shit done consistently. Yeah. Don't neglect the basics and just fucking do the work. Like yeah, yeah, put yeah. in the work and it doesn't have to be seven days of work. It doesn't have to be six days of work. It can be three. It can be two. It's whatever works for you. But don't neglect those three things. I think the biggest, the biggest, like the one message, it's always hard, but the one thing is just to take a more moderate view on everything, you know? Like yeah. moderation is key. Going to the gym eight, eight, nine times a week, like you said you were doing, yeah, it might help you at the start, but, you know, you're going to get to six weeks in and you're going to collapse. Yeah. You know, someone's going to ask you to stay late at work or go out for dinner and you're screwed, okay? Um. So and and it's the same with food, you know. Cut anything that anyone anyone that teaches you to cut out a whole food group, unless it's for like a, a dietary, like you know, fair enough. If you if you if you're celiac, sorry, yeah, but otherwise, it, anyone that tells you to cut out a certain food group is that you. The only reason you would cut out a certain food group is from a lack of control, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you can't control it to a point where you have to avoid it completely. You, I don't think you're going to get very far. I think in the short term, it's fine. Like you starting out a coaching journey. All right. Don't like I tell my clients. Yeah. What do you like? Do you typically snack on crisps and, you know, chocolate and shit? Like if you do, just don't buy any. And if you want, if you want one, go and have one, but go get a yeah. one single serve, eat it before you come in the house. It just doesn't come in the house. You know, so like you're not restricting the actual action of eating the, the junk. You're making it harder for the client to go and do it. Okay. So then it's like, if they really, cause like if a, if a client really wants to eat chocolate, doesn't matter how much you tell them, it doesn't align with your goal. It doesn't align with your why, you know? Think why, why? It doesn't matter. They're going to go and do it. Yeah? yeah. But so like, if you can, if you can um, introduce boundaries or like barriers for them to say, look, go and do it. But if you do it, you're going to have to, like for example, another one's Uber Eats, yeah? So I tell my clients, all right, if, they, if they're a specific client that, their, their problem is, you know, ordering on Uber Eats three or four times a week when they've got food at home or they've got meal prep at home. I'll tell them, right, delete the Uber Eats app off your phone, okay? Keep the meal prep, take it out of the freezer, put it on the bench top when you wake up in the morning, yeah? It's there, it's ready to go. Now, if you get to dinner time and you still want an Uber Eats, by all means, download the app, let it install, enter your card details, enter everything yeah. again, go through all that pain. and But just remember, by the time the app's downloaded, your meal prep would be warm by now and you could be in. Yeah, absolutely. It's about making the things that you don't want to do hard for yourself and making the things that you do want to do easy for yourself. So it comes down to like preparation. Um, So say, for example, you want to get yourself into the gym early in the morning, but you know that that's something you always 
procrastinate on and don't do. It's, it's like, like you're talking okay. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, okay, cool. Take, take your gym clothes out the night before, put yeah. them on your side, make sure that your meals are ready so you can take those into work. Like make things as easy as possible for you and make the other things as hard as possible because if you're going into work without any meal prep or not a plan on what you're going to do when you are in there. So even if you're not taking meal prep in, it's like, okay, cool, but I know I'm going to go to Tesco's and I know I'm going to get X, Y, and Z from their meal deal section or I know I'm going to go to the market and get this from here because I've planned that into my day. But it's when you don't plan those things that procrastination then happens that then that's when you make the decisions that you don't want to make, right? So it comes down to like the Uber Eats thing. Delete the app off your phone and you will never go through the effort to eventually put the app back on your phone to download your card details to then make the order because by that time, you've already forgot about the thing that you don't want to do. Like, I mean, you want to do it, but it's not, it doesn't align with the results. No, but it's it's not even... the thing that you want or don't want it's the thing that yeah i guess want is the, the right word but um <coughs> but yeah it <coughs> you, you summarized it. it's doing the making the easy thing make sorry making the things that are going to bring you closer to where you want to be easy to do and making the things that are going to bring you further away from where you want to be yeah harder to do you have know. you have you read the one thing no i started the audiobook but it was so, a bit dry Oh yeah, it, the audio book is dry. <laughs> yeah. To be very honest with you, I didn't really enjoy the book either. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. But there is like, the, the thing that I did take away from it is it is okay to focus on one thing. Yeah, I, I, I think I listened to the first couple chapters and I was like, I get the book's called The One Thing. I think I know what they're going to yeah, say. I, I, yeah. Like for anyone watching this, um, if you want to go away and read it, like go and read it. I've, I'm very big into reading productivity books, big, books on business. Like yeah. I'm, I so. read books every single morning. And yeah. um, I used to be one of these people that were like, Oh, fuck books. Like, who reads books? Do you know what I mean? Nerd. Uh, yeah, like, that, that's literally what I was like. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's only been really, like, the last year. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to read some books. And I yeah, tell same, you one same, thing. Yeah. Everything outside of my life has got 10 times better because yeah. I'm actually implementing the books, right? It's not just a case of reading them. I read them, then I reread them to yeah. implement what I've learned. So, so for, for your demographic, if you could give them three books, like, specific to your client base, what would you... Um, what would you recommend? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend any books on like um, results based stuff. I would recommend books on like productivity hacks. No, but like I'm saying specific books. Yeah, so I would go Atomic Habits. Yeah. Absolute gold. Major. Um, NSF clients like, give that a tick as well. Yeah. yeah. Atomic Habits, like you cannot go wrong with this. Anyone that's working a corporate job, anyone that's working like any job to be honest with you, this will teach you more about yourself and more about works what if works you, for you. If you want to function better as a human being, read Atomic Habits. Yeah. Basic basically, yeah. It's like the gold standard for books on product it's taught me a lot about myself as well definitely because i think we we can all fall into the trap of thinking there's one set way of doing things whereas atomic habits taught me there's a million ways to do things when it comes down to routines like and this is obviously one of my coaching mantras as well is what works for one person will never work for another person so it's about what finding works for you um it's about finding what works for you and atomic habits absolute gold second book that i would probably go for um is trying to think on this one i'm trying to think as well a lot of the books i've read recently are business books so like no one's gonna yeah, want to read those. yeah no so <laughs> there's there's a book called eat the frog yeah yeah which, yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's a good i one. mean it's not really like a productivity book it is and it isn't like no, it's, it's, more, it's a good message though yeah. eat, the, eat the frog is like do the hard thing first yeah so yeah. like that that's the that's the thing that i say to my clients it's like okay cool you're procrastinating going to the gym in the evening why first find out the why right it's like what what's the actual reason behind that but 
the the idea of eat the frog is that you do the one thing that you struggle with most first thing in the like first do it first right because then you will never procrastinate on it and it makes everything else 10 times yeah. easier so if you're someone that doesn't like to go to the gym and you know that you need to go to the gym to get the results that you want get it done first thing because everything that you do after that is going to be 10 times easier throughout the rest of the day. If you know that you absolutely hate meal prep and it's the one thing that you absolutely slack on, well, you've got two options, order a meal prep service and make it easy for yourself, planning meals out or do the meal prep first thing in the morning on yeah. a Sunday or like make sure it's planned out for the rest of the week. So eat the frog, I think is a good one because it teaches you to do the things that you don't want to do and make sure that they're done first. So atomic habits, eat the frog, two gold standard books to focus on third one's quite difficult to be honest with you because i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one in here um 12 rules for life i love that book yeah i i'm actually ordering it to reread it again because i've only listened to the audible okay and it was really good but i'm quite into like reading books at the moment i yeah. think i take it in a bit better so yeah. i am going to order that again that um now I, I i can't remember any of the rules off the top of my head okay honestly yeah. i can't but I remember reading it like every single thing just clicked yeah. really well. And it made a lot of sense. And it's 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 obviously by Jordan Peterson, um, whose target market is mainly males. But I think girls can definitely read yeah. it too and take a lot out of it. You know, it's not and male if you, specific. If you haven't watched his stuff, highly recommend going to check out Jordan Peterson because the guy is an absolute goat. Like the stuff he talks about. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'm I'm you, a bit I'm a bit on more on the fence. Okay, cool. I think he says a lot of good things, but I also think he's a bit limited sometimes as well. Um, but but like just but but that's just like if, if you if your entry into bettering yourself is Jordan Peterson, you're off to a good start. Okay, yeah. so I'm not saying I'm not disparaging JP. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> JP, like J you know him on personal terms. <laughs> yeah, we're bros. You know, I've, I've read his books. I know what's up. Yeah. I've watched. I've listened to the, enough lectures of him. I feel like I do know him personally. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Another another person I'd recommend is Sam Harris. Sam Harris is brilliant. It's um he he's I've not actually read any of his stuff. Yes, yeah, so I listen I listen to his podcast. I, I, I got his um subscriber podcast, I think it's like fifteen dollars a month or something. Okay. Um and there's two or three podcast new ones every week. And where Jordan Peterson is like the very like biblically rooted reasoning for everything, you know. It's more stoic stuff, right? Jordan Peterson, like almost borderline stoic with Jordan Peterson, some of the stuff that he says. Yeah, but it, it, it it's a lot, like when you when you read the book, yeah, yeah. physically you'll see it. A, a lot of it is, uh, most of it is is rooted in like the Judeo-Christian, okay, like ways of, 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 um, or, or thinking and beliefs, you know, which is, which is cool. Like that's fine, but I think it's better to have, or it's it's important to have other viewpoints as well, you know. Yeah. So like Sam Harris is more like your Eastern type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So like you talk about Buddhism and Hinduism, you know, and and, and things like that. Meditation um, touches briefly on psychedelics, but you know we don't have to get into that. Um, but yeah, he touches. He, he goes through a whole host of other things and looks at psychology from a from a different perspective to to, to Pearson. So I'd recommend re listening to both, you know, because then you're going to kind of get both sides of the story. You can decide which one you like better, and you know pursue that even more. And that that's the best thing is is taking two different viewpoints. Never listen to just one viewpoint. Oh, hundred percent. And this is why we're here as well. Like the I wanted to do this podcast with you is because we have two very different viewpoints. We work with two very different client bases. We've Definitely. got two very different physiques and results. Yeah. Um. But another book which came to my head, which when you were saying that, which is not necessarily a productivity book, but it's one that can help a lot of people out. 
the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Okay, I've got my, um, <laughs> I've got that on my shelf. I've not read it yet though. So yeah, good, yeah. right? It, it literally it, it says what it does on the tin. Yeah. You know, if you're someone that struggles with confidence issues, if you're someone okay. that struggles with like, and this comes that back down to to feeling confident on the beach, to getting yourself into the gym, to recording yourself, to doing the things that you've always wanted to do, which you know will get you to a place that you want to get to, but you always don't do. You got that self doubt. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- this book right here is fucking gold, yeah. but. The caveat to it is he actually writ the book or wrote the book, should I say, <laughs> and then became really famous and went into like this deep spiral of depression. And he then wrote another book called Everything is Fucked. So wow. if you read that book, read Everything is Fucked as well. I w- like I wouldn't recommend that book in itself, but the subtle art of not giving a fuck from a confidence perspective. So if you was to pair Atomic Habits, Eat the Frog, subtle art of not giving a fuck, you're onto an absolute winner. And yeah. then add in top of that the two that you recommended of 12 yeah. Rules for Life and Sam Harris. Yeah. Promise you right now, like the productivity side of things will fly through the roof. Like You're no, coming out like a monk. Yeah. No question. Oh, my, um, it's, it's funny. Uh, when we was in COVID, I literally like, we, I, I'd go on a podcast walk for about an hour every single morning. Yeah. And I was listening to like Ryan Halliday, which uh, I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. Um, the, the Daily Stoic guy. Yeah. 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 The Daily, yeah. Which, um, so like, Every time my missus would say something, she's like, my response would always be quite stoic. And yeah. she's like, you're one. So she basically studied, sci- um, it's not psychology, is it? It's what, what's like the the, st- the stoic, what, what are stoics Philosophy. Called? She studied philosophy at university. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, 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 so she like, sh- it, it's all about like, w- what is life even? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's almost quite depressing, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, it can be. It can be a bit depressing. Should we go on to the next question? Yeah, let's go on. Let we, yeah, let's go next question. Right. So, do you want a business-based one so we can run through that? Yeah, so, let's go. Yeah. So, should we just go ju- like just a quick overview of your service and what separates you from other online coaches or PTs? So, okay, cool. So. Next question for you. You're someone that's been in the industry. You've been a PT. You've been a coach for a while now. Yep. Um, why <coughs> do you feel... No, sorry. Let me rephrase that. How do you get such good results with your clients? Okay. And what separates you from other online coaches, but also what separates your business from personal training? Okay, so we've got three parts to the question. First of all, is how do we get good results? Um nailing in on the client specifically okay so we've got the three main favors we've got the three main phases of an nsf program you know you've got your habit building phase your reverse diet and then your muscle building phase okay so each client gets taken through each one now the 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 idea is each each phase is 12 weeks long but again it comes back to the client you know if a client needs if a client's an intermediate you know maybe six weeks on habit building might be all we need to get you up to scratch um, if a client is a complete beginner, you know, you've got maybe 30, 40 kilos to lose, we're probably going to spend a great deal of time in that habit building phase, you know, and then maybe put you in a reverse diet and then back into a habit building phase, you know, to double down on those habits um, before we move into like an actual physique building phase. So it all comes back to the client. And I think looking at everything I do for my clients through that lens of what will work best for this specific person is why I get good, great results with my clients. Um, I, I frame it 
as like you when you start working with me, you know, based on your likes, dislikes, goals, and experience, you'll get your training program, you know, based on your um, nutritional capabilities and wants and needs. You know, like if you come in from the pump and say, I want to count calories, I want to track my calories like that. All right, cool. Here's your macros. Here's your calories. Here's some recipes. Go for it, okay? If you're someone who's like, I've never, uh, what is a calorie? What is a macro? Okay, cool. We get you a super structured, you know, done for yeah. you almost approach there. You know, so it's all about, it's all about just making each step of the way as easy for the client to achieve as possible. At the end of the day, I can't eat the food for you. Can't lift the weights for you either. Okay. So you still have to do something, some bits and pieces yeah. yourself. All right. But around it and outside of actually doing the things you need to do, having it as done for you as possible is what keeps my clients getting good results consistently. Okay. Um, another thing is always taking it one step at a time, you know, starting out the bare minimum. Okay. And we'll see what, what, what sticks and what doesn't more importantly, because what doesn't is what we need to focus more on. Okay. Whether it's going to the gym or doing home workouts, both are fine. If you're going to have more enjoyment from doing home workouts, if home workouts are what time allows you to achieve, that's fine. Don't don't pull your hair out trying to make it to the gym yeah. when it's only going to make things harder for you. The gym's going to become a negative event in your week now, not a positive event, which we want it to be. You know, how can you make exercise something that part of your lifestyle if there's negativity surrounding it? Like it's another chore you need to do. Like sure, there'll be some days where you don't want to do it and you have to do it anyway. Yeah, but on the whole, you want it to be something that is enjoyable. You look forward to it. You have a good time. You feel better after you do it. And and and. That's that's how I like to look at things, you know. Um, another th another thing is um, education. So, growing up in a South Asian household, there's no education when it comes to fitness, nutrition, health, um, weight loss, anything like that. You know, it's the traditional diet. You know, your your curries, your rotlies, your you let's know. make food taste as good as possible, basically. Yeah, and that's yeah. great. You know, there's a, definitely a place for that. It's important, and it's important culturally as well. You know, like food's yeah. a big cultural and social thing. It's important we don't forget that. You know, that it's 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 um it's a special thing. Like having a meal with someone, you know, you, it's a memory you're creating. You know, and you you don't get that same memory. You know, when you're both eating out of Tupperware from a microwave do you know yeah. what i mean like it's it, it's different so it's important that it has its place um and then when you have those cultural things in the background as well that are s stacking the odds against you because that the cop the 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 indian typical indian diet you know is vegetarian it's high in fats and carbs it's lo very low in protein okay um the odds are kind of stacked against you in that manner so having the education to say it's actually all right cool yeah the odds might be stacked against you if you stick to that to a t but where can we compromise and say, look, let's go for higher protein options, but we can keep the same flavor profiles. We can keep the same core ingredients, but, you know, find ways to get extra protein in there. Limit the things that are going to be very calorie dense. So you're still having that, having them in moderation, but you're picking your battles. Okay. That's, that's the next thing. So it's, 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 it's about having that approach where it's not like um, tarring everyone with the same brush and everyone like needs the same the same thing like in reality everyone does need very similar things but they have different reasons as to why they're not there otherwise would they all already be there you yeah. know so so it's about respecting that you know that that everyone has a different reason as to why they're not where they want to be and they struggle with different things and 
something that's a struggle for one client might be a piece of cake for another, you know, but that client might find the most simple thing that this client's doing really easy, you know? So it's, um, it's just about understanding coaching. The, 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 the deeper you get into coaching is less about having the best training program and having the best macro split. And it's more just about understanding people and how to communicate better with people and help them understand what they need to do requires X, Y, Z. And then are you willing to do X, Y, Z? All right, no, you're not. That's fine as well. But how about we do X and Y? Okay, and we get you somewhere, bit, yeah. bit, bit closer to where you are now, not all the way, but we'll get you there first. And then you can see, maybe when you get there, you might want to do that last that last point as well. You know, most of the time you don't because you're confident now. So, yes. you know, you don't need the six pack. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that that's what, that's kind of how I, I, I get the results. Um, I've forgotten your next part of the question. I'll reframe this question slightly. Yeah. Um, what makes your result no why are your results better now than they were when you was a pt <laughs> that was hilarious so when we were talking about pts earlier i actually yeah. i just thought about this so um i was a pt for four years and i've been an online coach now part-time for one year full-time for another year so two years total okay i have got i think i got more results in my first two months of online coaching than i did in the t combined four years of pt Okay, which is insane. And I was like, I was very good at my technical coaching. Like I did anatomy, human bio and physiology at uni. Like I knew what I was talking about in the gym, moving your angles and levers yeah. and shit. Like I was all over that. Clients would leave in bits, but results were nowhere to be seen. And I can almost guarantee the number of PT clients you had were, let's say triple, quadruple, like the amount that you've actually had come into online coaching as well, right? Like in the sense that, you know, it's all volume based within personal training. But then mm. if you look at volume based and results, it's like, okay, cool. 100% or 90% or whatever it might be because there is going to be an element of like some people fall through the cracks because yeah. they don't want to do the work. Yeah. But if you look at the results that people are getting on online compared to... PT and well, the numbers. Well, now it, it's, and, and it goes back to what I said earlier about PTs. Don't hate me. It's just the delivery of, of PT service as a service is a bit outdated in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. But I can guarantee a result now. Okay. So when I'm speaking to a client who's thinking about signing up with me, I can straight up tell them like, look, if you follow the plan, I know you're going to get a result. So if you follow the plan and you don't get a result, I'll refund you or I'll coach you for free you can choose which one you want yeah. if it ever comes to that. But I know it won't because if you do follow what I'm telling you to do, you're going to get a result. And it's and then I, then even like just to reassure, it's not like I'm going to give you unreal amount of exercise and terrible calories and, you know, stick to it or you lose your right to a refund. Like, no, like even if what I give you isn't working if and you tell me it's not working, I change it. We go back. If we have that back and forth discourse, say for whatever reason, we're going back and forth over 12 weeks and you don't get a result. I'll gladly refund you because you've given it your best. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and having the confidence in myself and in my service and the system that I run my clients through, that's the big difference, you know, being able to systemize it as opposed to this person's got legs today, whereas this person's got back and buys and, you know, oh, this one's running late again and oh, no shows that's my income gone for today. How am I going to pay for dinner tonight? My car needs petrol as well. Stack at the gym. <laughs> yeah, and I've still got four sessions to go and a free group class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think the whole PT industry just needs to be uphaul, like it needs an overhaul because the model of 
like my PT experience was if you paid me $100 for a session, I'd keep 75 of those and 25 would go to the gym. Flat rate, regardless. If So at the start when I was at uni, it was great because there'd be weeks where I earned very little. There'd be weeks where I earned a lot. And um, when I didn't earn much, I didn't have to pay much. And when I earned a lot, I had to pay a lot, you know? And that's yeah. fine. That worked well. I was happy with that balance. Um, but then obviously when I started doing, when I finished uni and I'm like doing coaching full time now, um, you get penalized for doing well, okay? And as a gym, you should want your PTs to thrive with as many clients and as much income as they possibly can. And they can deliver a better service, yeah? You can't penalize success like that. <laughs> yeah, that's just my opinion. But yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Um, from someone who has never done PT, do you feel like you've ever been at a disadvantage? I wouldn't say so, no. So I suppose like my background, obviously online coaching is my bread and butter. That's where I started in the personal training industry for a few months, but I moved straight into online, mainly down to the fact that I knew I could provide better value service to the clients that I wanted to, to provide the value to. Mm. And um, I'd been around the industry for over eight years, like I mentioned to you before, working with coaches, working with people in the industry, working with people like you as well, like just understanding things and getting a better knowledge. Now, the goal for me as a coach, like the goal for me as a coach is very simple. I want to ensure that you exceed the results that you thought you could have achieved and you understand how you maintain those or you progress by yourself. And I want to make it as simple as possible for you. So what we'll basically do is run you through the same four-phase system which every single client goes through, but it's dependent on the results that you want to achieve as well. So everyone will start on what's called our foundations phase, which is essentially just building habitual changes, starting you very small and putting you in a good position where you can then move on to our progression phase. But from a nutritional perspective, we'll start you on a meal guide. We'll understand what it is that you actually want to achieve and make it as easy as possible for you. And this isn't me saying go away and eat chicken, broccoli and rice. This is me sitting down with you for an hour and mapping out what your actual work life looks like where are you heading for food what are you doing are you using meal prep services are you using mum's cooking understanding that making things done for you we then move into our progression phase which is all about moving as quickly forwards towards that goal that you want to achieve whilst teaching you now how you can start to embed this within your lifestyle so we'll move you from a meal guide to a swaps document which will basically build off the back of what we've done already so say we've got 200 grams of chicken breast okay cool you know now that you can switch out 200 grams of chicken breast for x y and z and then from like a training perspective we'll move you onto a new training program really looking at those one percent areas right now then we go on to our prep phase, which is all about like photo shoot preps, which is awesome. Um, we go on to like holiday prep. We go on to wedding prep, whatever you want to prep for. We'll do that. And then the last phase, and we'll basically move you over to my fitness power net as well to give you full variance with what you can do, but also to teach you another method. The last phase is what we call our 1% phase, which is basically, okay, cool. Do we want to take our physique to the next level? Maybe go for another photo shoot, maybe go through like bulking and cutting cycles, or do we want to understand how we can keep these results forever, move you away from my fitness power, understand how to manage your results. But the key thing for me is understanding you as a person throughout this entire journey, because what works for one client isn't going to work for another. I want to understand everything about you from the work life, from the social side of things, from what's going on in your life. I want to know what you're struggling with, what's going well, where you need more help, where you need more support. I want to know what you want to learn from me who's been in the industry for eight years. So that's basically 
my goal as a coach really is to just exceed where you thought you could have been and make it as easy and done for you as possible so you can leave the process never needing a coach or PT again. And a lot of people might not know this about me, but I've worked as an electrician. So I've worked the, the construction industry. I used to work 13 days a week. Like, not 13 days a week. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, creating days. Yeah, creating days. <laughs> I, I, used, no, I used to work 13 days on, one day off. Yeah. Wow, I used okay. to travel from Kent to London, which I don't know if you know where Kent is, but it's two and a half hours on a train into London. So I used to leave mine at 4.30 in the morning, yeah. get home at half seven. I then worked in a corporate job, corporate sales, which like I said to you, that was in London, um, standard nine till five, but it was actually seven until like half eight, however long it was, yeah. you work until the sales job is done basically. Mm. And if you're into the recruitment industry, you'll know that drinks are heavy, you celebrate things using alcohol, you take clients out for dinners and I managed all of these things while still seeing results myself. So when people say to me, hey, it's easy for you. You're an online coach. You've got all of the time in the world, which by the way, I don't. I'm working 16 hour days still because as a business owner, you have to become a jack of all trades. You have to do the video editing, the content editing. You have to jump onto sales calls, consultation calls, recalibrate calls, podcast days. Like there's so many elements that go into things. But the point I make, I'm making is I understand you because I've been in jobs which you don't think I've necessarily been into. So when I ask you about your lifestyle, when I ask you about what you're doing for work and what's important to you, it's because I'm genuinely, genuinely curious about your lifestyle. And I think that the problem with a lot of coaches is they care more about the result as opposed to the person. Whereas I actually give a shit about every single one of my clients and community is so important to me. Like, if I don't think you're going to be a good fit for the team, I will openly tell you on our initial call that, hey, look, in a nice way, I genuinely don't think you're going to be a good fit for the team. Or, hey, I don't think I can get you the results and I'm not the best coach for you. And that's absolutely fine. Because what's more important for me is working with guys that I know are going to fit in with the team and also I can get a fucking amazing result with. Because uh, Yeah, I think, I think even more important than fitting with the team is fitting with the system. Fitting the know, system, like, fitting the team, yeah, yeah, all of like that it, sort of stuff. Like I, wouldn't, I will never coach a client to a, a comp prep ever. Yeah. Because that's not me. I'm not a comp prep coach. Yeah. yeah. I I wouldn't coach a client who's got a history of eating disorders. Same. Yeah. Because it's not me. You know, like I've turned clients away, paying clients who are happy to pay me to coach them. Yeah. Who, are, who have struggled or on the borderline of struggling with eating disorders. And I've said, no, look, you work with me. And I can't promise I'm going to help you. I can't even promise it won't get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I don't know how to hand, handle an eating disorder, you know? So it's, it, it's clients that fit the system. Very important. And I know? think that's such an important point as well, because I've seen it time and time again, where coaches take on clients just for the sake of earning a bit of money. Right. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's more important that I say, Hey, look, I genuinely don't think I'm going to be the best coach for you in this situation. Yeah. I've got people that I think could actually help you. I will pass you on to them because yeah. Like, it, it then becomes pointless from both sides, right? Well, you, you can't deliver as good a service because you're changing your system now for the client. Yeah. And now your client's expecting something that you know you can't deliver on. Yeah. So it's just a lose-lose. You know, like, you're going to feel... You're not going to have that, that professional pride of doing your best for a client. Um, and if you do, you're going to take attention away from all your other clients as well because yeah, it's just I've done it before becomes it, a shit it's, show. Exactly. It's not worth it. Yeah, I think the the most important things for me as a coach is understanding you as a person, understanding your struggles, your needs, your wants, where you need more help, 
understanding what you actually need from me to get the result that you want and also to keep these results forever. And I think that the most important thing is creating a system that everyone can go through which guarantees results. Now, I've been on calls with clients who have worked with coaches in the past and they've been given a standard meal guide or they've been given a plan which you can clearly see is just on a Word document. So actually, let's dive into this, right? My biggest hates within the online coaching industry because we've touched on personal training is coaches that create cookie cutter programs which you can clearly tell they're delivered via an excel spreadsheet or a word document they take into no consideration the actual client and the limitations that they have i was on a call with a client recently and they're like i literally got given squats for example and i told the guy i could not do squats and he didn't run through that in a like on a call with me or anything like that they do their check-ins via whatsapp and not via loom they don't meet with their clients they don't create they don't care about their clients basically like that that's a massive bugbear of mine because if you don't care about your clients and what they're struggling with they will never get a result because you are not helping them to the best of your capabilities do you know what i mean and it comes back down to everything has to be tailored towards an individual because if it isn't, it won't get a response. Well, I mean, I mean like the cookie cutter. See, I always, I always struggle. Like, I'm, I always try not to be. This is bad and this is good, yeah. And I think anything that is getting someone from doing nothing to doing something, I can't hate on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't. If it, it just comes down to like coaches having professional pride or not like i've said professional pride four times now yeah because it means a lot to me yeah, yeah? like as a coach if you if you know um, if you market yourself and and, and again it, it get, it's less about what you're doing and it's more about what your client expects of you yeah because if me as a client if i'm paying a coach and i expect a word document that i know has been passed around to 10 20 people you know and i'm paying bottom dollar for it that's fine because you know if you're selling if, you, if you're promising one thing and deliver, delivering on another then you know that's the issue there because yeah. then that that's that that sows seeds of distrust in the client yeah and he or she might not or he or she probably will be like online coaching is shit i yeah. so so just on that point i brought this up because the guy was paying this person over 200 pounds per month yeah you see which so that's is the problem. a lot yeah. of money right and I think one of the things that separates my coaching business from every other coaching business or on the, the like gram, I suppose, or not even the gram, like the one thing that separates me from everyone else is the fact that I give a shit about your results, that I will take the time to literally one, jump on an initial call with you to see if I can actually help you and if you're going to be a good fit for our systems. If you are a good fit, I will jump onto another one hour onboarding call with you where I'll run through your plan with you, see what you like, see what you don't like build your meal plan with you, with the foods that you love. And then past that point, I will maintain a relationship with you consistently because we have community events where we go out for steak and wine nights. We do VIP client days where we'll come and train with you and we'll go out for dinner. We do photo shoots, which is an unbelievable experience. I actually run those at a loss, but from a community perspective, everybody gets involved in it and you're all driving towards something that you never thought you could have achieved right you're so far yeah. out of your comfort zone so for me it's really important that i get to know you i get to know your struggles i get to know what you need from me 
And if you're not seeing results within a 14 day period, I will literally just go, hey, I'm putting a call in your diary for this Saturday. Let's jump on and see what's going on because it might be a situation that you're struggling with certain aspects and that's absolutely fine. And we dive a little bit deeper into that. Or it might be a situation that you're avoiding me because you've had seven mils out and the last person yeah. you want to speak to is me and you need a bit of a kick up the ass. But either way, I give a shit about you yeah. and your results, which I don't think a lot of coaches can say within the industry. And that's not every coach. I know like your your coaching system is amazing. I know there's hundreds of online coaches that we work with on yeah. our business mentorship, who by the way, are honestly amazing coaches. But on the flip side to that, there are some terrible coaches out there which you're gonna pay an arm and a leg for and receive zero value from. I think, yeah, it's just understanding. From a coach's perspective, it's understanding that yeah, you have to strike a balance between being results focused, but also being um, like personable. Yeah? yeah. So like at the end of the day, I think like I, I'm not embarrassed to say this. I think I charge more than any coach that I've met. Yeah. Um, and it's because I guarantee that result. But anyway, my point is clients paying good money. Yeah. They have to get a result. It's a non-negotiable. The result is a non-negotiable. It's all right. You want to have a glass of wine every night? will be prepared to do this to offset that then, yeah? And it's striking that balance there. And then all of a sudden, you no longer want that glass of wine every night because it's not worth the 30 minutes on the step or the 20 minutes on the step or whatever it might be, yeah. you know? Um, so it's about finding that balance between like, look, getting, how do I say? Um, getting you to where you want to be, you know, and where you, where you know you're going to feel fulfilled and like you're proud of yourself. That's the main goal. But then it's also like, all right, along the way, <laughs> you're a problem solver. You're here to help. You're not here to hinder. You know, like I always tell my clients, um, it's a quote I got from Adam. Yeah, run to me, don't run from me. I, I say yeah. the exact same. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There's, there's probably like 500 <laughs> online coaches watching this, and yeah, I say the exact same thing to my clients as well. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm, I've never once. And I, and I never will get annoyed at a client for not sticking to the plan, for not for going for, for missing days at the gym, for, for not counting, count, whatever it might be that you are meant to do or that I want you to do that you haven't done. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get annoyed, yeah, because I understand life, life happens and things get in yeah. the way, yeah. But it's about, all right, how can, we, how, can, how can we make next week a bit better, yeah? How can we make next week, how can we make things easy, those things that you struggle to hit, how can we make them easier to hit? Yeah. Okay. And and to do that as a coach, you need to know what are they doing for work? How stressful is work? What time do they get home from work? When they get home, do they have to make dinner for the kids and put them to sleep and, you know, clean the house and put the load of washing on and then at ten o'clock they can finally put their feet up and, you know, spend spend half an hour with their partner before falling asleep. Do you know what I mean? Like what is your life like? Because if if that is your if that is your realistic evening routine, what kind of dick am I telling you go gym after yeah. work? Yeah, do you know the, what I'm saying? Like this is the thing, right? And and there are there are coaches out there are like, hey, you've got to do six sessions this week. Um, I don't care about your lifestyle, but you've got to do six sessions because I'm telling you to do that. Whereas like from your side, it's like, okay, let's take a step back, right? Yeah. What can you actually do that we can stick to? And I will hold you to those standards. Yeah, like I, I, had, a, I had a call with a client the other day, like a prospective client, and. Um, we ended the call with him. He's just gonna, he's gonna have a think about it and let me know. Um, but then afterwards, he messaged me and he said, "Oh, so I just want a bit more information. How many times are gonna have to go to the gym? You know, what's my food gonna be like?" And I said, "I don't know. Like, I don't know because I don't know yeah. your, I don't know your life yet. You know, like, if once you give me the go ahead, 
then I'll start to find out yeah. and I'll send yeah. you this long ass questionnaire where I'm going to find out absolutely everything I can about your lifestyle and then we can talk, yeah? But when the way I decide how many sessions a week my clients do is I ask them, I put on the form, what's the minimum number of days you can commit to, yeah? yeah. Is, it, if it, is it two, three, four? And if they say three to four, I say, all right, that's three. In my eyes, that's three. Let's do, let's start with three. If yeah. you nail three, then let's move to four. Yeah, yeah. Do three this week. All right, cool. How'd that feel? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. A bit a bit sore. All right, do three next week and you know, try and get them done as early in the week as possible. It gets to Friday and you've done three, great. Here's your fourth workout. Yeah. There you go. I think it's all about starting small, right? It's yeah. like you don't want to go from zero to one hundred. You want to start as small as you can and then build off the back of that. Yeah. Like I've jumped onto calls with guys who are like, Yeah, I'm gonna go to the gym five times this week. I'm like, Okay, cool. But can you do five times consistently over the next six months? Because what happens when you have to stay late at work? Yeah. yeah. Is that what happens when you had a bad night of sleep and you're exhausted? You yeah. know, where's where you, you have to allow for these things because yeah. like I said before, if you if you set yourself up to fail and then you do fail, you're gonna feel like a failure because you failed. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I would much rather us sit down and go, Okay, cool. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna start you on three days per week because yeah. that's the smallest amount of days that you can physically commit to. You've told me you can do five, but realistically let's say it's free yeah. if we can stick to three for the next eight weeks and you're like do you know what i can do a bit more here let's push it to four the yeah. same goes with calories right i've i've been on calls with clients and they're like i want to go as hard as possible yeah i'm like okay cool Leo, let's map things out have you got any social events coming up over the next eight weeks i've got like five events okay cool well, is it the best idea then to start as low as that or should we take a bit more of a, a sustained approach yeah. but then again it reverts back to the goal that they have in mind and when they want to achieve it by because if they want to get shredded for a holiday in 10 weeks at the same time we're probably going to have to manage those social events well, a little well, bit no, better then, as well th then then it comes back to all right how willing are you to get shredded for those in those 10 weeks yeah yeah and if you're like i need my, my abs for this holiday yeah I don't care what you tell me, I need them. All right, cool. Go to these events, but you're not drinking a drop of alcohol. Um, you're tracking all your food. You're going to the gym four times a week lifting weights and five times a week doing cardio. How does that sound? Yeah, it's like, are you happy with that? Yeah, are you happy with that, you know? And some people will say, yeah, I am. And they'll go and do it. And, you know, of those some people that are happy to do it, they will start off strong and fall off. And then the very few can keep going through. But most people are not going to be happy doing that. And because you're not happy, you're not going to continue doing it. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, you'd have been better off if you just started off small, worked your way up, got to 60% of the way there for your holiday, go on holiday, come back, you've got 40% to go, and then you can go and smash it out. Absolutely. The, the one thing that I say to all of my guys is progress over perfection, right? I yeah. never look for perfection. Yeah. And it's something that I've been guilty of in the past, which is why it actually came about. Like I would try and be absolutely perfect with everything, which doesn't work. So yeah. as long as we're progressing on a week to week basis, as long as we're making some sort of improvement, and again, maintenance in itself when life is busy can be progress because six months ago, you would have gained five to 10 kilos. Mm. So... The idea that I have with all of my clients is just let's just make 1% improvements on a week-to-week -week basis because those right there will stack up in your favor and 12 months from now, you will be in a completely different position than you are right now. So yeah, anyone that's watching, progress over perfection. I'll tell my clients the same thing, hey. Should we... Um, I think it's final questions, hey. It's been two. It's been two hours and eight minutes, nine minutes now. Yeah, I, I've got some quotes that I want to say. Okay. Um, which then you could build off the back of. Okay. Um, 
which I think could work quite well Go because on. then it would like, but these would be like short and snappy. Yeah, I okay. think let's just keep these at like yeah. a minute because we can cut these as well. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> so the one thing for me, I see it time and time again, when guys think, oh, sorry. So the one thing for me, I see time and time again is when guys reach the end goal, that's when they think the work is done. But that's when the real work starts because you've now achieved your result. You now need to learn how to maintain that result as well because it's not just about achieving the shredded look. It's not just about uh, dropping 10, 15, 20, 40 kilos. The goal is to keep those results forever. And that's when the real work starts. So you've got to get over the mindset of going, okay, cool, I'm going to do this for the next six months. And it's okay if you want to do it for the next six months because that's the goal that you have in mind. But if your long-term plan is to keep these results forever, you've got to understand that you're now creating a lifestyle which you need to stick to forever. And that's not saying you're going to be doing cardio for the next 12 years because you're probably not. But when you do hit your goal, it's about understanding how you can manage those results as well. Yeah, I, 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 to, I agree to an extent, but also a bit like, so throughout the process to get to your goal, you, you're, you're learning how to sustain it along the way. You're learning the different components, yeah? Counting calories or keeping a food diary, you know, steps, yeah. weight, weight sessions, um, cardio. You're learning all your components, yeah? And good coaches telling you why each one is beneficial, how it's going to affect you, yeah? Um, and then when you reach your goal, you know, whether it's a photo shoot or a holiday or just a birthday or whatever it might be, once you reach that goal, you've you've gone through all those things of like more food starting off and then, you know, gr gradually getting to less food, you know, less volume and gradually getting to more volume. Um, what else is there? Like, you know, steps grading from low to high. Um, and there was one more I said. It's gone. <laughs> That's all right. But, you know, you've gone through it all and you you can then use what you've learned to kind of sustain it and say, look, I've got a very, very busy week, so I'm not going to make it to the gym. So I'm going to alter my nutrition accordingly. Yeah. I'm going to, oh, I've got a, quite a free week. I'm going to go six times. I could probably eat a bit more, you know, mm -hmm. it, and, and that's how you get that, that, um, that maintenance. And that's how it becomes a lifestyle. It's, it's not like you've got, you get your set routine of 1800 calories, four gym sessions a week, and you just do that for the rest of your life. It's looking at what you're, your life, your week or your month or your year consists of and using the components you learn from coaching to manage that that's that's the way i see it then it doesn't become like a reach your goal and now what it's like just a, a constant little transition does that make yeah. sense yeah no absolutely should we do the next one yeah um so i'm gonna tell you something now which has uh, i'm gonna give you a, a quote which absolutely changed the way that i looked at things as well okay and it's from james clear atomic habits okay it's never missed twice and this changed my entire concept on the way that i view things and it's the idea that oh, it's okay to miss something once but if you want to create something long term you never miss it twice so it's okay to miss a gym session but the next time you've got a gym session, let's make sure it's done. Yeah. It's okay to go out for a few drinks and sleep late and, and that's okay. But as long as it doesn't come become a sustained habit, like the idea is that it's just getting back on track. Never miss yeah. twice yeah. and you will never go wrong because it's not the small setback which gets you to a point where you're regressing so far to, to where you were. It's the continued regression of yeah. making sure that that once turns into twice, that turns into three times, that turns into four. It's just about getting back on track with what you're doing. No, definitely. I, I totally agree. I think 
a lot of the, the issue, you know, one of the big problems that we both like to solve with our clients is social events, yeah? And the biggest issue I find with social events is not the dinner out or the couple of drinks with dinner. It's the, oh, sorry, it's not it's not the, the couple of drinks at the bar. I'm just going to start that again and cut that out. <laughs> That's fine. So, we, so, so one of the big issues we both solve for clients is managing social events, yeah? Um, and it's not the night out itself where you're having, you know, four or five drinks. That's the issue. It's the kebab on the way home. It's the Uber Eats when I'm on the train so that the McDonald's is at my doorstep when I get there, you know? Yeah. That's your problem. Then it's the the next day I feel like shit, so I'm just going to stay inside. I'm going to order more Uber Eats, eat some chocolate, you know, just lay in bed. Domino's and KFC was the one for me yeah, back in Domino's, the day. Yeah, Domino's, man. Domino's, hangover, hangover Domino's. It's, yeah. it's, it's the spot, I, doesn't I, it? I tell you what, though, a, a juicy zinger box, right, from KFC. No, I can't. Done, done the job back in the KFC day. KFC has the highest... The, the, the has the lowest anticipation to like reward ratio like yeah the the, the best part of a kfc is ordering it that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i digress i digress it's the time it takes you to get back on track that's going to kill you yeah that's going to that's going to um, stop you from achieving your result you know one night off one day off is not the end of the world but if that one day turns to two turns to three turns to four that's a problem you know um so yeah w- the quote was um you, you can miss it once but not twice never miss twice never miss twice yeah never miss twice yeah so exactly right if you if you miss the gym on monday don't bloody miss it on tuesday or whenever you're next scheduled to go you know if you if you didn't if you had an, a night out on saturday make sunday a, a back to normal you know don't yeah. go and jump on the treadmill for a couple of hours to outdo that the the, the mess you made just go back to normal Uh, this uh, this is actually the topic in itself don't do more just to facilitate the events that you have right it's like okay cool you went out for dinner last night don't do 45 minutes of cardio if you've got half an hour like programmed in just get back on track and do the the things that you were doing before i think i think that that often does get misconstrued from people though like if you have an event coming up I think it's very important to, to alter your week accordingly. Yeah. Like if you say it's your, it's, it's a birthday, you know, you're going to be having loads of drinks. Yeah. And, and, and you like, you've got a couple of events that like you've got dinner, you've got a party, you've got, you know, this, that and the other going on. I think it's, you know, it's, it's reasonable to say, let's try and keep activity high the week leading up yeah. to that event, you know, um, maybe even bank some of your calories for those events. Um, but I think if you're doing it, proactively as opposed to reactively that's what makes all the difference yeah so if you're proactively going ahead of your event and saying look i'm gonna um, not have my coffee today i'm gonna have skim milk instead of full milk or whatever it might be you're just gonna make small swaps like that um i'm gonna have um like a burger without the chips instead of the burger and the chips because i've got like this on the event this event coming up i need to save my calories for that's great if it becomes like oh i had an impromptu night out better get to the gym and start doing endless hours of cardio or like not, I'm not going to eat today because I ate too much yesterday. That's, that's the issue there, you know? So like altering your food intake for an event is not terrible if you're doing it proactively and you've planned it out properly. If you're doing it reactively as like a, to to punish yourself for having fun, that's like next stop is eating disorder, you know? Absolutely. Should we wrap it up there? I think so. I I'm, think so. I'm I'm genuinely exhausted. Yeah, I'm a bit tired as well. I'm a bit tired that that has flown by two hours and sixteen minutes. I think we've got some really fucking sick content in there. I think so too. Um, yeah, no, nah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I just, that that was really good. I had a good time. Yeah, same. All right, let's.